everybody likes guns They just don't know it Deep inside of the soul There's a cowboy trying to get out Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Hello and welcome to New Shooter Canada, episode 235. I'm your hostess for the evening, Amanda. And of course, along with me, I have Mike. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Mike. And then I also have Thomas. Hi, Amanda. And as always, my partner in crime over here, I have Josh. How you doing? Hey, Josh. Well, it looks like we got quite a bit to talk about today. So how about we start uh, with what we did in guns? So how about Thomas? What did you do in guns? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. What do you mean? I, I got a call. I got a message at 9 a.m. last Saturday from my friend Jen because she got permission from the the range owner to bring her young son because there's an age limit and she wanted to meet meet meet, meet her there in an hour and i said i can't psws and everything so the one time i could have gone shooting I, I i wasn't available that was the closest i came last saturday oh no but, yeah i haven't been to the range i've I haven't even opened the gun safe you didn't clean any guns either oh my no, it's, goodness it's it's been knives that's i cleaned a lot of knives i maintained a few knives but all my guns are already done. They've been done since I got shut down in COVID. That's what I did for the first few months is clean everything. I haven't been shooting, so it's nothing needs to be cleaned. Well, these restrictions are opening up, so hopefully things will be starting back to work soon. So. Fingers crossed. I hope so. I hope so. What about you? What are you doing guns this week? Oh, well, uh, I received uh, my very special gift. I got the uh, P226 holster that uh, with the custom Kydex on there, and it's a whole tattoo theme style, retro tattoo theme style. And I posted it on Instagram for our <laughs> listeners, so you can take a look, tell me what you think. But I absolutely love it. It fit like a glove. I just had to uh, loosen it up a little bit uh, with the knobs, and it, because it, it, it was going in fine, but just popping out, it was a little bit harder. So today we went shopping. We went to select shooting supplies, and we ended up grabbing a, like, drop-down. Um, drop and offset? Drop and offset, yes. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, the gentleman there was very helpful in figuring out what I needed. He was um, asking me if I wanted specifics for, like, IPSC, IDPA, However it was, and I just said, at this point, it's just for fun, but he let us know what our options were if we needed to consider the rules and regulations, and he said he wasn't too familiar with IDPA, which I do know. I believe it was IDPA or IPSC where there was some questions about the drop holster for females or not, and I, I if I recall to... Uh, one of the previous episodes with Mike talking R about Rule with Sarah. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, like for Sarah, right? Rule book Mike. So I'm like, you know what? I got I got a guy. Don't worry about it. Like for what I need for, I'll just I'll call Mike. So it's fine. I, I got a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got <laughs> like, a guy. Yeah. But I mean, so it was uh it was good. I, I'm really so were excited you, were to you get dealing it with Dean. That's like shooting supplies. No, Dean was busy. He Dean. was dealing with other people, but they had a guy who was apparently the holster guy. So he came the over. The holster guy. Everybody's got a cool. guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and the other mission for the day was to uh, look for a shooting vest for um, when I'm doing five stand. So I thought about a pouch. I thought about 
just a bag, like a satchel bag. And really and truly, I have my heart set on a shooting fest. A, it was recommended by our last uh, guest, James. I believe it was. It was James. Yes. Thomas. Yes. It was James. Okay. Anyway. Helps. <laughs> I, I, I'm really bad with names. Jason. So. Jason. Yeah, oh, they, Jason. Right. Okay. So uh, I really wanted to look for a uh, vest. And I couldn't believe the pricing when I was it's shopping online. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because anything browning is twice as much money as anything else. Well, that's the thing, though. They had female browning uh, vests for about 60 bucks. Uh, some of them down to almost $40, but they were all right-handed. And no ambidextrous. If I wanted ambidextrous, I'm looking at 130 plus. Uh, yes, and that was for Beretta pigeon vests. And uh, I wasn't 100% on that. So, of course, Select Shooting Supplies only had one vest, and it was male, and it was right-handed. Not that it mattered with male or female, but I will say um, I I was more specifically looking for a female because it, it fits the curves a little bit differently. So that was the hope. Uh, so Select only had the one vest, literally one size, just hanging there on there. Their shelving units, so we. That's also, not really their uh, core customer. No, either. it's, it's not. the trap shooter. It's more the the sport shooter. Right? Yeah, so. they were more the tactical gear, yeah. and I mean, so I knew I wasn't getting anywhere there. But I mean, it was fun to look at all their tactical stuff, and but uh, we knew we wanted to go to Shooter's Choice, so I went there, and I guess half of their vests are packed up for the gun show. That's for the Toronto week. Sportsman the Tr- Show. Yeah, there we go, the Toronto Sportsman Show, and <clears> so they. They had no clue. We're so not unpacking it just for you to try it on. Basically, <laughs> that, was, that was the vibe that I was getting, and I totally get that. But um, they're normal girl, and it's apparently a girl who is into the whole trap shoot or shotgun. Uh, she is their expertise in that area. She was not working that day. She's normally Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. So uh, they gave me her car to talk about what they could get me. But even shopping online, they said that – they couldn't find anything for left-handers. And that was the problem I was running into was I even asked the women of the CCFR Facebook page. Nobody could find uh, a left-handed vest at all anymore. Or if they did, no no more. So what what makes the vest a left-handed vest? So, so there's, Padding. padding. There's yeah. padding that goes right along um, the shoulder pad here, and yeah. then a little pocket where you can stick the the uh, the, the padding, recoil thing, yeah. the recoil yeah. pad. Yeah. And so an ambi would work really well with that because it has pockets on both sides, so either or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to find an ambi one a in my size b that wasn't a hideous orange color. <laughs> and see that fit me properly um, was quite a challenge. So I am looking, listeners, if you have any uh, ideas of where I can find one. I even went to Etsy to see if I could get vintage ones. East Hill Outdoors, what do you have in stock? I don't know. It was a lot of the browning stuff. Yeah. Now, would you you... have any left-handers? Left-handed, yeah. I've never seen a left-hand. I've seen ambi ones. Yeah. Um. The important thing that it has the pouch, so you can put the decelerator pad in there. That's the most important thing. But okay. most of the ones I know are, are that ugly orange color. Yeah. Well, I've seen some really like bright teal and black and purple and pink. 
Uh, I saw, like, I don't mind having a black and a gray one. I was just looking for something that fit me more. Now, I tried the large uh, of the right-handed one, and it was just a bit snug because I'm thinking I, if I'm wearing layers in the wintertime, I want something a little bit bigger. Uh, but I would say otherwise, the large worked quite well. Um, <laughs> there goes the cuckoo clock. Can you guys hear that? No? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, so I had a quick question. Yeah. Could you, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what your sewing skills are like, but like, would you be able to sew a pocket into the left side? So, so you see a woman sitting here and you ask about her sewing, sewing skills. <laughs> it was it wasn't meant to be an insult. It wasn't meant to be an insult. <laughs> Men can sew too. So um, I sewed the pocket into my vest. There's a pocket <laughs> yeah. because Le- of me. So. My daughter and I just stowed, sewed together a stuffed animal, and it probably is terrible by a seamstress's, uh, you know, but it, it was good enough for us. Stuffy surgery, that's important. I'm sure that if I, <laughs> I know a couple seamstresses that I could go to if I wanted to, because I wouldn't want a, a half, half done job, right? Because I know yeah. that my sewing skills wouldn't be there, but I would want to make sure that it was nice and secure. The problem with the vest that I was looking at was the material underneath is more of a mesh material um, and sometimes more of a polyester on the one side where I would need it. Secondly, there's usually a pocket, a zip-up pocket that's on the right side. Uh, So it would normally be flipped around, right? So the padding would be here and the zip would be on the other side or however it would be opposite i guess so left side the zip would be in and i would think that i wouldn't care about the the zip pocket here because really what am i going to stick in there a lip gloss maybe (laughs) (laughs) it looks really small it's not anything worthwhile um I, I so I, you know what that's actually um a nice idea but I think it was also like the actual material that is set there it's meant to handle any friction that is caused by the gun bumping up into there whereas if you have just the polyester side I'm worried about that I'm going to tear it I don't yeah. want to do that cuz if I'm spending 60 plus bucks on a mesh vest I want it to freaking last so Yeah I and then paying another, a seamstress another, um, I have no idea what a seamstress would cost, but you're paying $100 for this vest in the end. Yeah, yeah seam, you want to last person. more than one season. A seam person. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's he's just all saucy that I'm left him for a couple hours to go ruck. That's what that's all about. So, <laughs> Jeez. So we were at two gun shops today. How did you feel about the service that you got as a woman compared to how our Cabela's experience went? Much better. Much better. I, um, of course, you know, originally it was, how can I help either one of you? And I noticed the eyesight always goes to the gentleman first, but that's okay. That's normal. Yeah, I'm so good looking. But the moment that I spoke up, they put their their focus on me, and I'm like, "This is what I'm looking for." But he's more into what specifically I need because I'm really bad with technical stuff. So you know, the discussions was great in between one or the other. And the gentleman at 
Shooter's Choice was trying really hard, considering. Like, he was like, is there anything else I can get you? Like, is there anything I can help you with? But I really don't know the answer to the questions that you have. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. He's nice. He, he was, was good, nice. He was a good guy, but he was yeah. supposed to be a holster guy, but he didn't know where anything was. No, no, so that's what they had to select. <laughs> he had to go ask. He, he might have been new. Yeah, been new. yeah. For, for select, he had to go. Yeah, he had to ask Dean, and it was because everything got shifted. And I, I kind of understand that. And then the gentleman at uh, Shooter's Choice, you know, young fellow, tried really hard. And then we ended up having another another guy help us out with um, and it's, and it's the funny because so. I, I remember my first couple of experiences at Shooter's Choice were not good. Me as even as a guy, but as a new shooter, I felt very intimidated going in there, whereas I didn't feel that at like Select no. or Bullseye or anywhere else. But I felt that vibe at uh, Select because it was kind of like it felt like that old old boys fuddy kind of shop. It's a little and I think it's changed like in the last couple yeah. of years. I think they've gotten some maybe some new management or something, and it's just a little bit different. Young, young which, which, which shop? Uh, select oh, shooting. Select shooting in uh, in Waterloo. No, that's shooter's choice. Or sorry, shooter's choice. Shooter's choice. Yeah. Shooter's yeah. Choice. No, think, no, yeah. Select shooting supplies is a relatively new store. Yeah, that's yeah. in Cambridge. Yeah. yeah sorry, sorry, I, I misconstrued the names there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, uh, shooters, shooters' choice always seemed a little more fuddy, um, but in the last few years they've gotten a lot better, I think. Oh yeah, you know, and they have there. great selection, yeah. and I mean we we were definitely looking at some over unders there, but I'm sure Josh will talk about that a little bit later. So what's the Josh doing? Guns? Well, well, I want I want I ended up not done? buying anything in guns <laughs> today, and I that well was really- just just. Just to add what you were saying, I took Terry up to Bass Pro a couple of years ago, and she asked to see a 1022, and she's in her wheelchair. And the guy bent over the counter and said, I'm sorry, dearie, but you have to have a firearms license in order to look at the guns. Yeah. And I thought she was going to rip him a new one. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, it was such a and condescending tone. Yeah. Uh, it was said, it's I, something I really, I really pay attention to now because I, I want associates to be aware that I am a valuable customer, and trust me, I'm a lady. I know how to shop, well, and I understand yeah. about quality. Whereas my partner in crime over here is maybe a little more frugal. Whereas I, where I'd push him to maybe spend a little bit more money. Well, like, that's why I brought it up because I knew the kind of stores we were going to today, and I and I just thought you would get a much better experience. Yes, there. Absolutely, the customer service at Select is awesome. It yes, it is. Every time yeah. I've been in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I will what? say it was very Instead very of saying something like that to somebody, you just say, sure, can I see your, your pal, please? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just all, say, she had, all you had to ask for. Right? Yes, exactly. So just stop assuming. So, Mike, just, we're, we're getting the belt set up from Sarah, so you can let her know that. that we yes, got, okay. yes. The, the hardware, the is, hardware ready to go. We're getting that set up. It's gonna be my P226 setup, and I'm yeah. really excited to get it all set up. And I, so thank you again for that. I really appreciate it. He, um, was, he was trying to sell us either two options: the the tech lock or the uh, I don't know what it was called, but it was a uh, another system where you could kind of you mount it to the belt and you can clip it in and out. You like a like mail a, email. A, yeah, yeah. You could do like a code release kind of thing. Sorry, what was that, Mike? Uh, maybe G code. I think they make one like that too. Yeah, I'm not sure what the brand was, but we just thought, well, you know, with the tech lock, it's simple and it's easy, and we'll just do that. But yeah, I can I can always buy another clip in the future, right? Yeah. So yeah. What what was it? Twenty bucks for that? Yeah, it was it was a relatively cheap day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I I walked away very frustrated because I really want. 
I ended up hurting myself last week just because I'm an old lady now, apparently. <laughs> My birthday you're, is You're an old lady tomorrow. Yeah, I'm an old lady tomorrow. And, but what, I, I ended up... No. No, not as old as me. <laughs> no, no. I'm, uh, I'm uh, 36 tomorrow. But I, I went and I had a shower last weekend and I went up the stairs and all of a sudden I could feel my back seize. <laughs> In the shower. <laughs> and, uh, so you didn't I, even I, make it to the shower. I, yeah. No, no, I was done my shower and I made it. I was walking up the stairs and I could feel the, the tightness on my back going, eh, 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 and then I was like, uh oh. And then uh, I got, I fi- managed to get some jammies on, and I'm trying to get down the stairs, and then I'm like, Josh! It was from all the five stand you were shooting. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But that was a week before that. <laughs> that's because no, that that's what happens no when sense. you're old. You feel no, it like three, four days later. No sense. <laughs> he had to carry me down the stairs, like like wrap his arm around, and I was I was stuck in the couch for at least a good day. Uh, I couldn't move. It was not a not a fun thing. And since then, I haven't been able to to um even sit properly like and that's you know that's the other thing i haven't done any rucking because my whole back and my that's all right nobody else has either (laughs) oh man (laughs) anyway but i i've been i've just been a hot mess over here so i was feeling pretty defeated that i didn't get to buy anything other than the clip so that was cool but i was very defeated that i couldn't find a vest and i'm feeling old and disgruntled and well that's the one thing we did notice is a lot of like empty shelves empty racking and yeah. i guess i guess uh the sh- shooter's choice had a bit of an excuse going to the sportsman show but yeah select i don't think they're usually going, pretty bare in general I don't know. like they they, yeah. they like to do a minimalist look in there like they don't yeah. like to overcrowd their stuff so anyway that was that was basically me and then you know josh tried to do some shopping and i managed to convince him not to buy something so you guys <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna let josh take over from i heard here. a boo i heard a boo <laughs> so, i was i was so mad i was so mad that he was even considering it mad so, oh i, I was mad i didn't know it was mad dude it was tacky <laughs> all right all right, so we'll just go right into it. Then. Okay. Have you guys okay, ever had a firearm call to you? <laughs> Have you yes. ever? <laughs> yes. I, I so understand like, what it, you're saying. Yeah, so it's like, okay, you know, when you go and you hold one in a store or someone's, you want it, right? You, you hold it, you want it. But this was like another level. It's like, oh, it's like, this is the one. This is, I want you. You got to take me home. It was like a little beat up. Kind of ugly, kind of like me. It's kind of like it, it was kind of like <laughs> on the stock. It was kind of like one off the side that said "Every Day is Remembrance Day," <laughs> and then one on the bottom like that was it just looked like a cheat sticker on what otherwise would have been a pretty decent gun. There was probably about fifteen stickers on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we're taking them off. So we're at Shooter's Shooter's Choice, and I I went and I asked just to ask what was on the used rack for the over-unders. So I was like, okay, well, give me the cheapest option that's not Turkish. So he hands me a a Franchi or a Frankie. I don't know how to say it properly. I think he said Frankie. Um, It's Franchi. Franchi. you got to use your your hands when you say it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So he... He hands me that, and it's 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 got a nice adjustable comb, and it's got the raised uh, vent rib, and it's it's in pretty it's in 
well, rough shape, I guess, but <laughs> it felt it felt really nice. And it just, you know, you click it open and you you just you shut it, and there was like no effort there. You know, it was it was tight, but it wasn't like I would say you know, the it was smooth. And it was very closing. smooth, and it was just like if you can picture a coolie in over under, that's what it that's what that's, it was like. That's what he was comparing <laughs> it to. With the coolie. But then it was plastered in stickers from whoever owned it last. <laughs> This is and it was priced at thirteen hundred dollars. Twelve ninety five. Okay, boo <laughs> Plus tax, plus that. Thirteen hundred dollars <laughs> plus tax, and someone decided to shove stickers all over this freaking thing. Apparently, and, apparently this guy was a competition shooter, and that was his thing, and that's what he liked to do. And every two years, he traded his guns in. So this was his. He had like three that he would cycle. He'd have his main, his primary gun and his backup and his backup to his backup. And every two years he would cycle it through and get a new one. But just cover even that thing with WD-40, the stickers will come right off. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Even the stock, the wood, the wood stock didn't look as nice because they had another Franchi there. Franchi. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and... It felt way nicer. Like I held it, and it felt a little lighter. The, well, wasn't it, like um, a, it was like a few hundred dollars more, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. and it had a really nice finish to it. It was tighter, so it, it was in much better condition. And I'm sitting there going, "If you're gonna spend the money, get that one because it looks nicer. It's tighter. It's all. It, it just looked I think sharp." I, I liked that it was beat up. I guess I don't but, know. I could identify with it. Why? Know. Why would you? No. It wanted to come point, home with were, me. No. <laughs> I held it three times. You put it back on the rack, and I was like, "Okay, one more Who time." Would you one more time. One more time. Gun like that, but no, it didn't even look like a regular sticker. It just, it like the one on the side. It looked more like, like well, it was a, re- a sealed picture. There was a Remembrance Day sticker. There was a Canada flag. There was a federal, a federal uh, ammo sticker on the barrel. Um. I have stickers on the barrel. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, if there's stickers on the barrel, I'd pass because underneath that sticker, there's going to be damage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, right, what I'm right. hearing. Spend the money. There was a nice crunchy there. Crunchy. And the stock, the wood stock was beautiful. The uh, the bluing was beautiful. Okay. It was well, nice it just and it came down to the fact that for some reason it called to me. So that's it that's important. Oh, to because it felt like a cooey. But anyways, we walked like away. a cooey. He's gonna spend a thirteen hundred dollar gun, and it felt like a cooey. <laughs> okay, no, thank you. It, like, please tell me that who's right in this situation. Please, please. I, I don't know. I, I was on Team Josh at the beginning of this, but I'm hearing that Amanda gave you permission to buy a more nicer gun. <laughs> nicer gun. <laughs> nicer, more expensive gun. And somehow you said, no, I'll take the Honda Civic. I don't want the, McL- the McLaren. And it's like, yeah, that's what I got out of it, too. Why? Yeah. So, sorry, Josh. You uh, you started out strong, but you didn't finish quite quite well. Like Billy says, fit, fit is more important. Well, that's the thing. I wanted to, and I asked the gentleman, I said, is there anyone here that could fit him? Oh, but most people can fit. It's like, you know, these guns are made for people like between six and six two, or something. And I'm like, that sounds no, like something you're doing. They're made for the average Italian guy who's about five foot eight, five foot seven. Yeah. That's right, right. yeah. <laughs> so at this point, like the gentleman who was helping us was really nice, but I knew that he wasn't understanding what I was asking him, and I feel like this. Uh, 
Jacqueline or Jocelyn. I have her card in my coat. I think she would be the girl. We would have to make some time to go during the day and talk to her because it sounds like she's the girl that can maybe kind of coach him one way or the other when it comes to a firearm purchase and for myself, hopefully get me the stuff that I need and she'll have more of a better idea of what I'm looking for. If we get, if we ever get to what Josh did in guns, we'll talk about my other firearm. Well, yeah, this is another option. (laughs) So maybe you guys can help with that. Well, Thomas already has, but so what did Josh do in guns? Another five stand round, another 1100 let down. So that was kind of, I did the first she but beat you I, again, I guess. I cleaned it. I put a brand new O-ring in it, and it just it won't cycle. And I don't know what it is. And hopefully told, it's just the cold. I don't know. But I totally it was, forgot that I it did was working too. fine the last time I used it in the spring. Like when I went tur- before I went turkey hunting, I took it to the range and I patterned it, and everything was fine. But obviously those are hotter loads, right? So maybe the combination of the cold and the lighter target loads, maybe that's what what the problem is there. I don't know. You wouldn't believe how much he sulked because he was doing <laughs> so well. I was doing. I forgot that I did that. Yeah. That was in no, the you, last. Weeks. I wrote that in the show notes. I did amazing. I did amazing. Did you yeah. change the lubricant? Like when you you cleaned it when since last time? Did you change the yep. lubricant or? I don't know what I used last time because I didn't clean it before I went the time before. I haven't cleaned it since I went turkey hunting, so I don't remember what I used. But I I just used Remoil, just the the three in one. That explains everything. You haven't cleaned it since you went turkey hunting. What's going on? What do cl- I do? It works well for <laughs> yeah. me, so tell me what, what's wrong with that. You haven't cleaned it since you went turkey hunting? No, and I cleaned it the time I before I went. Like not the first time I went trap shooting, but or okay. uh, five stand, but the second time, like before last weekend, I cleaned it and I put a new ring in it, and then it failed again. Same thing. Did you lubricate anything? Like when you took it apart, did you just clean the rails and the tracks and took it all completely oh, yeah. apart, cleaned it, and lubricated? Yeah. And just and right, yeah, usually ram oil is light enough. It's pretty thin. Yeah. And I even took like a like a toothpick and cleaned out the ports, like for the gas, and made sure everything was good. Because we we cleaned our guns together, and I feel like that uh, was a big help for my firing pin issue, as well as the um, uh, the, just the overall uh, um, maneuvering, so of, I, like closing so, yeah. the chamber. Yeah. So I did the one round because it wasn't working yeah. properly, and and, and I sulked. and then I sat there and sulked while Amanda did another five I five did, rounds. I, I I ended up shooting a hundred rounds of uh, of ammo, so that's twenty five. So I did four rounds. I just sat, I just sat I by amazing. the fire and ate donuts and pizza. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> and you had no issues because you you, cl- you cleaned <laughs> your gun and you cleaned out the firing pin chamber and you had no issues this time, right? I minimal minimal. I think I had one or two um, where I found like it wasn't chambering nicely, but no firing pin issues. I just felt no like light it was strikes. No light strikes at all. <laughs> good, it good. was it was for just getting it loaded and maybe it was me and jitters. I don't know, but so I only hit a total of ten targets out of fifty fifty rounds, and this time I did eleven, eleven, nine, and thirteen. <clears throat> So I, I I thought it was pretty good. I couldn't stop. I don't know. I think yeah, thirteen rounds for your or thirteen hits for your my last second one. time out. You know that's awesome. And yeah, yeah, you just wanted to keep going. Just like do we have? Yeah. Any, we ran out of ammo. We Otherwise, I think she would have kept going. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. I was very addicted, and I you know what the the semi auto is going to do me just fine for what I need to do. I think and. 
uh, I'm just, I'm really overall very pleased how it, how light it is and how it feels. And I felt really bad though, watching him sit there and I felt like he was literally. Oh, smoking. whatever. I was, I was fine. I was... You kept telling me you were fine, but do you know how hard it is to watch your partner sit there in the back? It's depressing when your gun fails. You got to sit there and watch your partner having fun. I'd be eating, eating I offered pizza my and... gun. But it's not mine. I it's yours. My gun. It's not, I want mine to work. Whatever. Okay. Continue, good sir. Okay, well. So I got a line <laughs> on post about an over-under, since now I'm going to abandon the 1100 since it's let me down. <laughs> I'm looking at over-unders. And uh, I found one on gun post that was actually local to us, and it turns out that he and his uh, friend are, are actually members at this Clinton club where we've been shooting five stands. So he sent it last Saturday with this guy who was doing the RPS match, and he's like, hey, go meet up with them, and you can you can go have a look. So I went up there and uh, it looked great. It was awesome. Really liked the look of it. Fit and finish looked good. It was well taken care of. It seemed fine when I dry fired it. Everything's good. But because we're at the range, I was like, hey, you know, I got some, I got some rounds with me. Can I go try it out? So there were some guys shooting, just goofing around at the trap station there. So I <clears throat> went over there and, and decided to give it a try. And I got two rounds off. And then all of a sudden, it wouldn't lock up anymore. And I was like, oh, crap, I broke it or something's wrong. What's going on? So I brought it back to the guy <laughs> and he's looking at it and he, he could like it wouldn't it wouldn't lock shut. And the little lever that you use to break it open was staying over like it wouldn't spring back. So I sent it back with him and uh, I guess he had his gunsmith look at it, his gunsmith friend look at it. And there's a broken spring. So he's ordered the new spring. He's going to fix it up. And then he said I could try it again and see what I think. So. <laughs> As soon as that happens, I'm going to go give it another try. And I, I think mm-hmm. if everything seems fine, I'll probably go for it. And what um, brand was that? It's a Winchester 101. Um, it's actually one of the models made in Japan. Um, but, I mean, it uh, seem, seems really well made. Like, everything seems good and solid. It's got it's got chokes in it. So, well, it yeah, five chokes. That, so. Was an option, that wasn't an option with the Frenchie because they had <laughs> – why, why are you laughing? Yes, that. okay, fix chokes, let's pile on, let's pour salt. Well, somebody. no, I'm just saying that was something that they said. There was no options to have chokes. It was yeah. mixed only. Yeah. So, I mean, for $1,400 for the Winchester compared to the Italian-made gun, which had... Well, you would have paid more with tax, right? So. Yeah, and then there's the limitations of the... And yeah. the gentleman was saying, well, chokes don't really make a difference. Now, for the girl who comes in here and shoots, she could make a difference with it but as a new shooter no and i highly disagree with that because i don't make a difference i was thinking to myself that i really disagree with that (laughs) because i changed my chokes what which model did i do sorry which one did i oh gosh what did you put in there you put uh modified and improved improved i did the improved i forget I can't remember. I originally <laughs> there was modified inside of there, and it, um, I found like it was really tight. I was thinking to myself that that when the shots were going out, I'm like that's really close, like clustered together. And I thought that it would have more of a spray effect. <clears throat> so we did some reading, and we're like, oh no, we got to try this other. It was I think it was a number four, if if I'm not mistaken. So I I thought it made a really big difference in how I shot. Um, I might have even done better if I had changed the choke in the first place, but I didn't really think about it. So hard to say because now you're more practiced. 
one time, really, one time well, that would make a difference? I think so. A little I, bit. I, a little I, bit. Yeah. I don't know. So, but anyways, I didn't buy the gun, all right? Let's no, <laughs> but I'm hoping I'm hoping the Winchester is going to be a good option for you. So chatting with Thomas, and I think I think Thomas approves that if it's just the spring, I think you know it's still worth worth grabbing. Are they going to charge you for the fact that they had to get it fixed? No, I haven't bought the gun yet. Okay, just saying, just wondering. No, he's got to sell me a, a functioning firearm, and that was the nice thing about being able to field test it. I mean, how often do you get to do that, right? Yeah, especially that's on rare. gun posts. So. So that was nice. That was cool. Well, and I think it was it, good because it proved that there was an issue. So yeah, well, it was worthwhile <clears throat> then, right? So yeah. Okay. So that's about it for that. I'm waiting to hear on that. And then I, I bought a shell pouch. I went the opposite direction of Amanda. She wanted a vest. I got a shell pouch. So threw a picture of that. Just an Allen Allen brand. It looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. We we bought the some. Nice thing, Go ahead. The nice, the nice thing with a pouch is that you can just throw it on with whatever you have, right? If you have a, the world's biggest, poofiest vest, you just let it with the belt, snap it around you, right? You lose 20 pounds, you just tighten it up a little bit. It's, it's nice because it's very versatile. That was a funny fast, thing, though. Like I... Amanda said, like, if either you have to buy yourself a double XL for the winter and then, you know, a regular large for the summer and then maybe, uh, yeah. you know, something in between. So, yeah. I, I just yeah. thought about the way that, belts or how they sit on my hips and maybe i wear like a higher waisted pant that that would look really weird i don't know it's a funny thing though i took it out of the box and i had to like make it as big as it would go to get around <laughs> my waist. first thing i did was take this trap off and throw it aside i just used my the pants the belt i wear my pants on oh that's true about. yeah you could just that's yeah. true never even thought about that yeah that'd work so if there's any issues, if I gain any weight, then I can do that. <laughs> and this, this is a really nice pouch. I like. I thought it was pretty cool, and it's definitely Josh's style. And who cares that it's not a Browning? So th- I don't think there's anything wrong well, with that. Well, Allen's one. a good brand. That's what my range bag is. Yeah. I'm happy with it. No, very oh, yeah. good. I've been running an Allen pouch, shotgun pouch, for 20, 25 years now. It's, well, it's still it's, brand new. It's actually the one you recommended there, Thomas, from sale. Oh, excellent. So that's the one I grabbed, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, other than that, have you guys heard of Humanson? I don't know if I'm saying it right. Humanson? I've heard it's of in, humans. It's in Ancaster. Uh, we wound up buying some ammo there. I never heard of it before. Right. Um, <clears throat> a guy from our club heard about it at the five stand. And really good price, uh, prices. Um, they seem to be just mainly shotgun stuff, mainly into reloading, but they had uh, flats of 250 target loads for $88 plus tax. So in today's prices, that's not too bad. And, and even just the fact it's available, because I know I went when I was at sale last, they didn't have anything. They just had a few boxes kicking around and these people had cases and skids, right? So well, yeah, that's that's hard to find right now. But yeah, they're, they're in Ancaster. So anybody who's around, around that area should check it out. Um, I put a link in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to look myself. All right. Awesome. And that, was that it? That's it. That's I'm it. Done now. Okay, I think Mike's itching to talk. <laughs> well, I think I need a I think I need a oh. drink for the show topic because this is a stressful topic. I think. Well, you better you go get one for me. You picked too. a stressful topic. <gasps> I did. I did. Can you okay, grab me Mike. one too? I forgot a drink. Jeez. <laughs> so, what did you do in guns? Uh, I did one thing and one thing only. I tried to take my revolver to a gunsmith, and he said no. <laughs> He said no. no. What do you mean he, he didn't say no, really. So I took my revolver into the gunsmith, 
And so he was there. He looked at it and we talked about cutting it down and how he's going to do replace the front sight. And, you know, and I said, oh, just put like some sort of dovetail in there, like whatever your favorite is, whether it's Glock, Smith and Wesson, whatever the angles, like I don't know them all. Pick your favorite one pretty much and put it in there. And he kept like he kept being in a really roundabout way. He didn't like the idea and I couldn't understand why. Um, but he said he wanted to replace it with a proper shotgun front sight. So I said, OK, well, then I'll just look up online and like I'll look at the Dawson Precision because I know that's what I'm going to get. So I looked that up online. I said, like, oh, so like this one right here. And he looked at it and he's like, yeah, that one would work. And he kind of hand and hawed. Yeah, I think I think I could make that site. Like, I think I could do that now if you want. If you want to leave it now, I think I can do it now without the site. He's like, I, like, it would work a lot better if I had the site. And like his confidence level kind of made me think, OK, I don't think he's really confident in doing this without the front site. I think he's more just saying that to make sure that I give him my business kind of thing. So I was like, whatever, I'll just take the gun home again. So now I have the gun at home again, and now I have to order the site, which anyone had it, if anyone's ever ordered a Dawson Precision, there's apparently only two places in Canada that can bring them in that are licensed dealers for them. You cannot order them directly from Dawson Precision. They will refuse your order. So you have to order it from one of the, yeah, uh, whatever, like, yeah, that's the reason. But uh, so they won't do it. Um, I remember there's two companies and I remember one of them was absolutely terrible. They wouldn't respond to email and you could ha- it's a, considered a custom order. So you have to like custom order it. So I tried getting a hold of them and no one would respond. Anyways, Freedom Ventures, I'm, they're out east somewhere. I think New Brunswick. Um, anyways, Freedom Ventures, they're a great store. They're a competitively driven store and they are a Dawson Precision dealer. I can get it from them. The pain in the butt part is that I order it from them. And then they order it from Dawson. And then whenever it manages to make its way all the way up to that, to Freedom Ventures, then they have to put it back in the mail and ship it to me. And it's just uh, it's like, yeah, I'm just not thrilled about this because now it's, I'm going to guess a month, two months, probably more realistic to get this new front sight. And then in two months, I'll have to take the revolver into the gunsmith again to get him to cut it down and put this new sight on. And then I'll have to go out there again to get to actually go pick it up. And I just I'm worried about how much of the shooting season I'm going to miss with this gun now, even though I'm trying. Well, I tried starting this in February, but now we're already into March. So I'm just worried about how much time this is taking up and will it be ready for the shooting season? And am I going to get enough experience with it that I'm going to want to shoot it in a major match? Or am I just going to kind of pass on that? I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So pretty much. I did something that resulted in really nothing. That's what I did. Well, it sounds like a whole lot of headache. That's for sure. Story of my life. That 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 is pretty much what it is. It's just a giant headache at this point in time, and it's like it it kind of makes me think back to when I was looking at the revolvers, and I was like, hmm, do I want to buy a Smith and Wesson and have it chopped down and have to do all this, or do I just want to buy the Ruger GP100? The, they have a match champion in 10 millimeter and it comes with a 4.2 inch barrel. And now I was thinking like, Oh, would I have been better just for the aggra- from an aggravation standpoint? Would I have been better to have paid a little bit more and gotten the better, or I, sorry, I'm not going to say it's a better revolver, a different revolver that is already the right barrel length versus going through all this headache. Yeah. But, but I mean, those, those revolvers, there's not even a lot of them in, a lot of them in the country so like i would have to buy new you know the odds of me finding a used one is slim to none 
And so, you know, you're paying sticker price plus tax. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still I'm still up in my head. I'm wondering, oh, would it have been cheaper? Would it be quicker if I just bought one? If I could find one, if I bought it now, would I get it quicker than getting this new front sight and cutting the barrel down and everything else? And Probably I don't know. Just, I know. Mm-hmm. But then I'd have to buy another holster. And actually, no, I wouldn't have to buy another holster because I already have a holster for for uh, for Ruger GP100. So I don't know. Is this an excuse to buy a Ruger GP100, use it for a few months while I get the Smith and Wesson cut down, and then when the Smith and Wesson gets cut down, then I'll buy a new holster for that, and then I'll shoot that one. But I thought you still had your other GP100. I do, but it's not. Uh, it's a 357, and it takes speed okay. loaders. So this other this other match champion one that they came out with takes Mooncliff and it's in ten millimeter. Oh. So it would be perfect. Yeah. yeah, so it would be perfect for like at least caliber and barrel length wide it would be perfect for IDPA. Well, yeah. you can wait till you have a trip planned down to the States one day and just grab a front sight where you're down there. Yeah, but I have a feeling I can get one at this rate with the way things are going. In today's world, it'll be quicker for me to order one and sit on my butt and wait than it will be to wait till I go down to the States. That's true. true. Uh, Do you have any future trips to go to the States or no? Not really right now. Um, We had big plans for 2020. Um, (laughs) And then we were hopeful for for 2021 and that didn't go either. So this year it's kind of, I think we're at the point now and it's like a lot of vacationing kind of stuff. Now we're just at the point where it's like, we're just going to wait till the day before and decide, are we going to get excited about this or not? Because it might not happen. Well, our our plans are to go to Bermuda and we're going to, we're going to drive to Boston and then uh, jump on a cruise that only parks in Bermuda. But so if there's anywhere in New York state that we can kind of give you a hand with that, you let me know, but that's all the, that's in August. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of a, a long ways away, but if that ends up being a last resort, let me know. So yeah. I'd be happy to help a friend out. So yeah, okay. actually, and I'm trying to remember, I think when I tried, when I originally, originally tried ordering a site from Dawson Precision, I, it would be because I was going to the States, but they wouldn't accept it because they can tell whether it's a Canadian or American credit card. Oh, for goodness. So I couldn't even order it to get it shipped to somewhere in the U.S. They they even, they stopped it there. Oh, ridiculous. But, wow. Yeah. I got connections. I could help. I'm sure I could. So. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so was that about it, or I that, guess yeah, so? that that's it. Yeah. Oh, gotta get back into your uh, dry firing there, Mike. Uh, if I had time, there's so many things I'd like to do. Oh, I know. I I could fail you with that. So, well, on to our main topic for the evening. Uh, what to expect when becoming an executive member of a gun club? So I thought that this was really important to talk about because, I mean, I am definitely more on the ambitious side of and excited as a new gun owner. And, you know, I, we get to a club and I see a couple changes and then you see a lull. And, you know, you come in and you have big thoughts and big dreams and like oh what 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 could we do to make this all better <laughs> so i mean 
I think it's important to discuss about what to expect when you become a part of that executive group. So, um, so if you're an ambitious new gunny who's part of a new club and hear that there's some seats available, let's talk a little bit more about this because I know that our panelists have had experience being a part of an executive club, whether <laughs> previous or now. Um, so, I just want to kind of talk about the expectations, some of the challenges, and maybe some typical political points of view that you would come across. Now, I know this could be a touchy subject, so everybody just chill. It's a deep breath. It's going to be okay. So. Okay. <laughs> everybody remember, they're all volunteers. They're all volunteers, <laughs> and we all share the same love of the sport. We just all have our own different views. So that's the number one thing. So personally, I don't have any experience with the executive club. Um, but since Josh is an executive member, I like to consider myself an executive ally. Um, I the suppose, first lady? I, yeah, when I used to be first lady. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so, I mean, I support Josh. And uh, I kind of help uh, by when we discuss about some of the uh, issues that are coming across in the club or maybe some some uh, topics of discussion where maybe he's not 100 percent on how he feels about it. We'll discuss it and I'll share my points of view. Uh, I am considering in the next few years to apply to the executive position uh, when the children get a little bit older, because right now having it's just it's just kind of impossible at this point so i either one of us needs to step down well and, and one rule that we have in our club is uh there's no family members that can be on the executive at the same time but that's that's something we'll discuss a little bit later well, on as to what no, we don't is, need to but it's that. true but, it's, but that's because something because because of issues that have come up right yeah in the past so so, so it's got to be one or the other and at yeah. this point i feel like Josh has been in that position for a little bit longer, so I'm not going to bump him out right away. But maybe <laughs> once he gets bump, right, right away. away. <laughs> right I'll away. let you for a few more years. It's okay. I wait till I kick his <laughs> five stand, then I'll kick him out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I I still am able to voice what I would like to see and have Josh advocate for that. I mean, if there was something that he just... Puppet master. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, but anyway, my point is that it, I think it'd be nice to have a female perspective in the group because right now it is all men. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I think having a more polished way to present materials to members is something that our club needs improvement on. So, um, <laughs> so that's, that's just my own personal opinion. But uh, Thomas, why don't you let us know what your experience is. Well, uh, a lot of new shooters may not be aware there's, there's actually two different types of clubs out there. There's the, the membership-driven, which are membership-owned and operated, uh, like Melverton, and they're not privately owned. Um, but they have ranges like 519, which is owned by Dean, Target Sports, East Hill are all newer, privately-owned, state-of-the-art facilities. So there's no president, board of directors, club, or membership-governing body at all in these in these facilities. The owner is the range master and the range operator. It's their range, it's their club rules, and that's what you must abide by. So you don't really have a say in it. But there's some advantages to doing that. Because you're dealing directly with the owner or the staff, it's so much faster. Like I've had stuff where I brought it up to the executive 
who may or may not want to submit your idea to the board because you have to get past them first before they bring it up to the board. And then they may have had the last meeting for the season and the next meeting is until September. So any concerns that you have aren't going to be heard for another three or four months and you still have to wait. So with a private club, you can get in there right away in instant answers. Everything gets back to you right away. And all these, uh, you know, all these others, these uh, like Dean and Silverdale, um, they are so generous when it comes to supporting local charities as well. Like Silverdale has raised 30000 for Make-A-Wish. So if you have an, an idea that um, that would generate income for any one of these ranges, like 519 or uh, East Hill, if you approach the owner directly and give them the idea, they're more than well, you know, more than likely going implement, to implement the idea if they make money off it. Um, now, the thing about a membership range is that I find a lot of people tend to back away from the responsibility. They, they don't want the responsibility of being a director or a membership. And a lot of times they think um, it's going to cost them money. I've heard people say, well, I don't want to be an exec. It's going to cost me money to, to do it. And a lot of times the range will cover your expenses. If you're a director and you're running around, you're getting stuff, you'll get mileage for it. If you get really involved like Josh has done, where you're getting in PPC and you're bringing leagues and stuff, a lot of times the, the Rangers will pay for certain courses, like your PPC course or your RO courses. Um, North Helmer was great. They uh, they paid for all my courses since I was their, one of their, their main instructors. They, they yep. paid for my pistol Mel- course. Melberton did that as well. Yep. We yeah. just had to join the CSSA ourselves, but they paid for all the courses. Yeah, which is great. And if, if they were covering the courses, I, I, I ate the mileage cost, but anything else, anything that I get, I always got reimbursed for it. But a lot of times you just volunteer your time, just volunteer your gas, but it doesn't cost you a lot of money. It just, it just costs you time. And the clubs really, really need active members because it's always, I noticed it was always the core guys and girls doing all the work all the time. If there was a labor party, we were the only ones that ever showed up. Trying to get members to participate is like, being a dentist at times right so it's kind of frustrating that way um but the only thing i suggest if if you're seriously afraid about uh not free and considering becoming an executive i would really check your club's liability insurance first because some um clubs you're not covered 100 if you're a director um and if you're not sure call the carrier and find out directly if you are covered um because a lot of us are, are actually, we, we belong to the CSSA or the CCFR and they have, we have $5 million liability insurance. So I can go to any range. I'm insured. I can go hunting in the field and I'm still insured. But say something like, um, target sports, they're self-insured. So your insurance is only there at the range. You have no additional insurance except while you're shooting. So if I was say in, in involved in a club like that doing stuff, I would make sure that I had additional insurance as well. Um, but, you know, it's worth the investment. You can do so much work for a club, and they're they're dying for people to get out and, and just give them a hand. If you, you, know, you can volunteer one or two weekends in summers, even if not to be a director or, or an executive, they would love to have you get involved. Go and help out a little bit, see what's involved, and then if you, if you like what you see, then maybe take the next step and get involved and be a director or ask to become involved. Uh, now, Thomas, I know that you now uh, work at a private range. Uh, now, you, did you ever have any experience with a membership-driven um, gun range? Yes, I was the director. I was the youth program director for the Northumberland Pistol Revolver Club for 
probably eight or nine years. And as I said earlier, it's hard getting people to do any work. Yes. And uh, the first couple of years there, I I was kept asking for a youth program because that's what got me into shooting was people volunteering to take kids shooting. So I kept saying, let's get a youth program. They wouldn't do it. So finally, I did it. I started the youth program. And then I, I did two major fundraisings at the Coburg Waterfront Festival. We bored the, you can borrow CSA, CSSA used to have a portable air gun range. They now have a video range. You can borrow it free charge. They don't charge you for the range. The only stipulation is that you, whatever, whatever you generate income wise, they get half the income. So they provide, we were using the old pellet one. So they provided the CO2, the pellets. We raised, you know, five or six hundred dollars that was supposed to go for firearms for the youth program. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't like what was happening in the club, so I planned to leave the club. Before I left, I set somebody up to be in charge of the youth program. I said, okay, there's so much money in the bank to get the 22s. You're good to go. Yeah. Uh, last time I heard that club, this was a few years ago, they were going through a, um, a financial audit. Money was missing. Uh, the money for the, for the, that I raised for the guns had disappeared. Nobody had Oh has started up the, nobody has started up the youth program since I left 15 years ago. The okay. minute I left, it stopped. Oh, wow. And I, I had, I had a, a dozen kids. No place to shoot now because nobody wanted to take the time. That's very frustrating and, and, and a very valid point though that we really do need volunteers in those kind of uh, situations. So. And accountability. And accountability. And accountability. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so, so you never did anything at Port Perry? No, I never was a, a – I was one of the club-level safety instructors, one of the ROs, but I wasn't on the executive. That that club, it's very well run, but they had their own little um, group of people that I like to put in the executive. Okay. Same president every couple of years. It's the same people. Um, and the, uh, the last couple of years, the, I think the last five or six years, the woman was a pre- – uh, the president was a woman. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Active shooter, she was fantastic. She was really good, but yeah, it was it was like a it was more of an old boys club. It really was. Gotcha. There was a lot of girls in there, but it was a bit of an old old boys club. It was. I think that's a common, like, th- that's a common theme. I think they oh, didn't like right. changes. Um, they did not want Ipsic. Ipsic was like we had our own league because they didn't want to have any outside leagues having control over what they do which is understandable yeah and i'm sure we'll get a little bit more into that so uh, how about you mike what kind of experience do you have so i've been on my board of directors for about four years now um for me it just came about uh i i very much had the mindset that if i want to support my club then i had to go to all the regular meetings so i was going to you know as many meetings as i could and I guess it just got recognized, and some of the board directors were like, "Hey, Mike, like you come to every meeting, you're head on straight. You know, we're looking for people who want to be directors. You want to do it?" So I said, "Sure, why not?" Um, yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much that. That's my board was uh, uh, no starving for starving for people to run for board was is pretty accurate because it was almost like an auction at one point, but it was an auction for. <laughs> Anybody, please, anybody who will do this, please don't want an empty seat for the next two years. Please, will someone come? So, 
Yeah. So getting on my board is my, getting on my board is literally just about just showing up. That's that's as far as it goes. Gotcha. Now, do yeah. you hold any specific titles? No, I don't. Um, when I started, so we actually technically two years ago in 2020 was supposed to be my my reelection year. So that because we do a two year cycle, um, and, and the club has a unofficial rule that you don't ever get a, a specific position in your first term. And the idea is that so you have two years in, you've learned how things work, you understand who you're emailing and how everything works, and then you can get into like the no, I am the pistol director, I'm the rifle, whatever you want to go. So I am I am none of those things. I'm just a plain Jane director. We never had our meeting because of you know COVID, and <laughs> we still haven't had an AGM since. So yeah. All right, fair enough. So Josh, I know that you have some experience. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I was kind of uh, thrust upon like being very green. It was really weird how my my journey went. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was I was barely there a year at this club, and the new president asked me to run for VP because we we knew each other. We used to work together, so we had somewhat of a relationship. And she's like, "Hey, I want to I want to my her husband at the time was was president, and his term was up. We do two two year terms as well." And uh, she's like, hey, I'm going to run for president now. He's he's uh, stepping down and I, and I think you should be VP. So I was like, OK, <laughs> kind of the same thing. Like I I went to I went to all the meetings like Mike. Right. And it's just like there's a handful of guys that go to all the meetings and they saw that I was interested and, you know, I was new. So I was like, OK, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And I ran and, you know, uh, um. I'd suggest, you know, spending a year or two as a board member before jumping into an executive position. Um, getting on the board would have been one thing, but then I like jumped right into VP. So it was kind of, kind of strange, right? Especially being new at the club and being a new shooter. Um, overall, I was pretty green. So I, I kind of felt like, who am I to step into this role? <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, I, I, at the time I thought maybe I'm just so charming and charismatic that I was voted in, but, <laughs> You know, kind of more like Mike was saying, it's it's like, hey, no one else wants to do this job. Are you dumb enough to volunteer? And like, I think it's for your I think it was for your great looks, Josh. That's why you got it. Yeah, Everyone saw you. And it's like, that's a face I trust. Yeah. And it, and it wound up being like a like a positive and negative experience. Like at the time, there was a lot of infighting in the in the club. And I think that stemmed a lot from the leadership, like the president at the time. And it created a lot of awkward positions and, and, uh, you know, it, it was good though too, because I was in the position where I got to meet a lot of people and learn from a lot of people. So there's a lot of good stuff to it too. I was kind of the center of, of what was going on at the time and it, and it was good. Um, but then the president took a leave of absence due to a work opportunity and it was kind of open ended as to when she'd be back. So I got thrust into presidency <laughs> and I wasn't. I wasn't really ready for that, but as the VP, like that made sense. Okay, now she's gone, so Josh is the VP, and it actually went really well, like PR-wise, because a lot of people wound up not really liking the the current president. But but then she came back, and drama ensued, and uh, it, you know it's kind of like a soap opera. But the board, the board voted to have me remain as president at the time. <laughs> And, uh, this kind of sounds like, have you guys seen How to Become a Dictator? Because this kind of sounds right. like that. <laughs> okay, so I, I have a question then. 
sure. So her leave of absence, and that leave of absence, did she miss three meetings? Oh, more than that, I would say. It was, then she's automatically off the board. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was in our... They our, were a little bit more lax about that. It, it had nothing to do with that in but the But that might be in our... our, our, our uh, it, most it, club rules have, that if you, if, as a director, if you miss three meetings in a row without extenuating circumstances, you are removed as a director. Well, I would say that it, that her job opportunity was an extenuating circumstance. Yeah, and it, we was, agreed it, to, was, it was. We agreed to all the terms at the time, yeah. but then okay. I guess I did such a good job they wanted to keep me. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but, I guess, I guess. That's good. Got to set him up on his pedestal here, guys. Oh. But then, you know, to, to top it all off, I had to be the one to break it to the ousted president that – I'm remaining president, oh. and you're not president anymore. <laughs> so how did that go? Can you imagine how that completely ruined the friendship? Yeah. So so the so. takeaway is that if you step up, you may have to make those hard decisions, and you have to uphold the needs and the wants of the club and enforce the rules, which is really a hard thing to do in some cases. And, and you won't be everyone's friend. You have to realize that. And that was hard for me at the start because, you know, now I don't care very much because I'm kind of, you know, I am who I am now. But at the time, I was focused on the social part of it, too, like learning from everybody and wanting to have fun and be a part of the, you know, be a part of the club and, and just be friends with everybody. Right. And it was hard for me to kind of switch gears and all of a sudden I have to be in charge of things. And it was it was really tough to do that and i think you know if you if you decide that you want to get into that executive role like that's what i said at the beginning of this whole thing like they all they are all just volunteers and it's you know you, you have to be prepared to make those hard decisions and choices sometimes as an executive member yeah like I mean, especially if it's if it's a friend or, or something that yeah, you care right. about and yeah. something happens you know yeah. Yeah, and we're all just there to have fun and enjoy things and none of us are getting paid and this isn't our job, but we have to act like it is. Yeah. And it's it's tough and like I've had to be a part of a mediation between members who weren't getting along and and that was really hard cuz you can't take sides and you have to, you know, be part of deciding what happens and and just disciplinary action and that kind of stuff, right? Like it, mm -hmm. it could get to that. Yeah. You want to think that it won't, but I mean, people are people and people have disagreements and things turn into heated arguments and, and you have to be the one who that comes up to, especially as the president or vice president. Right. So that's that. And I was president for another year and a half and it's supposed to be a two year, two year term. So after that I stepped down because there was somebody else who was willing to become president. So to keep, uh, to keep continuity, I, I became VP to kind of support him and, and move on from there. Um, I keep saying that this will be my last year on the exec and you know, I say that every year, but I think, I think this year will be, I, I want to stay on the board, but I think that's it, that that's it for the executive positions. Um, I really don't think it's fun anymore, especially with COVID. It's been really hard. I don't know about you, Mike, being on the board during COVID, like the lack of meetings, the lack of communication, the lack of knowing what's going on and then having to enforce rules that you may or may not believe in. And just try to navigate what the provincial mandates are and not get in trouble and just deal with all the complaints about well, why can't we do this and why can't we do that. It's just turned into a big cluster that just has not been fun at all over the Very last couple political. years. Very political. Yeah. Very political. Yeah. So, My think, club is 
lucky air quote lucky on that um that we don't have an indoor range we have an indoor facility but really we only use it for courses and meetings and since we weren't running courses or meetings we didn't really have to enforce the mask mandate really right, right. we uh, right. we had to we had to enforce the social distancing but like on the pistol base where it's just like essentially just an open bay it's like okay don't get within six feet of each other done you know what i mean i don't, right, I don't yeah. have right. to do anything i don't have to whereas on the rifle base we actually had to close off like some of the shooting benches like every other one so everyone would stay far enough apart and yeah. for the most part that wasn't really a big deal most people would walk up and there's enough shooting benches so most people would just look at that and be like okay fine i'll shoot from the other one right yeah no one, and that's what we did in indoor age too like we closed every other other every other port yeah 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 but we didn't have to deal with mask and in, indoor in, for people indoors or anything like that so well yeah. i think we can all agree that covid was a very um yeah i think I, it, it was it was such a topic that really put a strain on yeah. everybody for a lot of reasons so it probably Definitely made soured things, me on everything. yes yeah but <laughs> no. i mean in any other circumstance it has its own thing so despite covid i want to focus on um basically but, but, it, but it reinforces the point that you know, you are in charge of running that club. Oh, yes, you absolutely. So you learned a very hard lesson. You have and to be prepared to make those decisions and be responsible for that absolutely. and the repercussions of that. And, oh, yeah, because... And what do you what do you do when you get a pissy email from a from a member? And, like, how do you respond to that? Well, and, and because... The, like we, had, we had somebody who wanted to get a refund, right? Because, oh, well, okay, we're on lockdown and I can't use the club. And we said, okay, well, I think it was, like, like a vaccine mandate that we said, yes, you know, you've got and to, they were very upset and they're like, well, that. I'm not vaccinated. I can't use a club. You sold me this, 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 uh, product of good, this product. And now I can't take advantage of it. I want a refund. I want a refund. And it's like, well, no, yeah. <laughs> it's so. only a temporary thing. And now uh, everything's gone. Right. So it's like, what do you, what do you do in those situations? Right. I, I we just, we just credited people the amount when they renewed. So if you lost two months or month, we we accredited you that month when you renewed. Yeah, that's it, so we didn't yeah. get any money up front. Every yeah. club had their own way of dealing with it, yeah. and for the most part, because we are a um, fully volunteer situation and we're a self-servicing club for the most part, uh, we had there was a lot of changes that had to happen. Like we put in the volunteer mandate for the next year, so ten hours needs to be done by all club members, or they have to pay a fee. So one that's one good part about being on the exec is like every meeting you go to counts as volunteer hours. Yes. <laughs> so, right. so, so I mean, there were some things where we had to finally make a call about raising the prices or getting members to help. And we had to make a call and a lot of club members were shying away from it. So I'm really excited about that, but we'll talk a little bit more about some of that. So, so aside, about, aside from the VP, I'm also a safety instructor for the club. Yeah. Like for club level safety instruction, you know, for taking the handgun to the range yeah. and that kind of stuff. So that's something I'd probably continue doing. And that's something you can do to help your club and, and be on, on the board, but not an executive position. And, I enjoy doing that, but it's tough to find the time. But if I wasn't doing other things, you know, you could you could dedicate the time to that. And uh, that, too, created a lot of drama in our club, um, trying to revamp the old way of doing things to a more user-friendly, streamlined, quicker version. And, you know, I, at the time that I joined, I was kind of a part of a uh, kind of a younger uh, 
younger wave that was joining the club mm-hmm. and a lot of the older fuddy type members were having a hard time with that and maybe felt a little threatened and you know change change is good sometimes not always but change is good sometimes and i and that's just something to keep in mind too that you know like like you mentioned the old boys club that was definitely a thing and and now i think we've kind of gotten past that with enough younger newer volunteers you're able to kind of overcome that sometimes they're Guys are guys are hard to change. When I joined uh, Northumberland, um, the rule was five rounds maximum to your magazine at a time. Well, the oh legal gosh. capacity <laughs> is, ten, is ten rounds, right? Yeah. yeah. The reason they had that is because it was an old bullseye club, and that was the most they had at one time was five rounds. It took a lot of fighting. To it's get funny. To put it. Some yeah. will say ten rounds. Other clubs will say legal magazine capacity, but just to get that change to use our, not have, you'd have to run four mags to run twenty rounds. It was the same thing at our club when I started. Yeah. Our old range office, our old chief range officer was like that too. Like whenever he called the line, it was five rounds. You do your five rounds, and then he, <laughs> and then you move on yeah. from there. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get a little bit more into some of the political aspects of it, but um, let's go into just a couple basic things. So I'm I'm hearing a lot of it. Okay, first of all, just to summarize, number one. Be prepared to to uh, be the heavy. To be the heavy, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. It's hard uh, though. It, it was is. really hard for me because I don't like being that guy. No, no, yeah. I don't like and being number, heavy. And number two, you can't rely on anyone else. Like if you if you want something done, that you have to be prepared to do it yourself. Um, and number three, that it's it's obvious uh, that. Uh, to run these programs, to run the gun club, the the gun clubs and the gun ranges, that they need help. And so and that's a even, funny thing that you said there. If you want something done, you have to do it yourself. And that's usually what happens is if someone complains about something or wants something, you're like, oh, well, you just became the champion of that. So yeah, let's exactly. let's get something organized. Well, yeah, it's your exactly. job to do that. So, yeah. Okay. So how about minimum expectations as an executive member? So let's ju- let's just look at minimum. So I know Josh has to go to an, a meeting once a month, and that's usually a couple hours. He has to miss my my birthday afternoon for an executive meeting tomorrow. So you know what? <laughs> I get it. It's for the good of the club. It's for the good of the club. So whatever. I'll and just bring her with you. I'm on the agenda, so <laughs> yeah. You wrote okay. some. You wrote some nasty. Again, that's what you have to deal with. Nasty email. You wrote it's a couple of nasty nasty. emails to the club that I have to go and deal with tomorrow now and smooth it over with everything. <laughs> it was not nasty, but regardless, I'm on the agenda. He has an executive meeting. He's got to go deal with that. So I know once a month he has to commit a Sunday afternoon to that. So uh, other than the once a month, what? Is there anything else? I know we have to arrange at one of the events that is coming up. We're doing the cross country shoot. We're in charge of that this this year in yep. the spring. Um, what what else would you say, Josh? What else are we in tra- are you in charge of being an executive member? Like what, what else coming up expect? soon? The warm weather, all kinds of maintenance will be coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. we have a spring cleanup coming up, so mm-hmm. you know that's something that has to get organized and. So organizing events and volunteering and volunteer hours, events, uh, maintenance, like like Thomas said. And- mm-hmm. OK. Anything that we're missing, guys? What else would you say is expected of an executive member in the very bare minimums? 
honestly, I feel like at my club, it's just you got to show up every every month for your meeting. Yeah. And outside of that, like they expect that you're going to volunteer some some time outside of that meeting, too. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, I remember when we did a spring cleanup, I think, last year and I went to it and I and I at one point I was going to be the only person on the board that was going to go to it. Luckily, the president came too because I even sent him an email. I'm like, hey, Adam, I, I now I'm the only one here. I know I'm going to get put in charge because I'm the only one on the board. But like to be honest, I don't know what needs to be done with the rest of the club. I know what needs to be done to the pistol ranges because that's where I spend all my time. Yeah. But I don't need. I don't know what needs to be done. So he sent me a nice email and said, like, all right, here, this is what needs to be done. This is how we normally do it. Send it. Send you know two guys to cut this grass. Cut two guys. Send two guys to cut this grass. And one guy to go t- cut these branches. And he pretty much laid it all out for me. Luckily, he ended up being there, so he didn't have to organize everyone. But I mean. Once again, there is an email that went out that was not so nice because I was the only person, I was the only director that was going to show up, and I was just lucky that the that the president managed to make it. So, oh, wonderful. so yeah, so I mean, they weren't really happy about the rest of the board. No one else showing up for that, but yeah, yeah. Outside of that, like there, like everyone has their own specific job. Like if you're the pistol director, then you need to know what's going on in the pistol half of things, right? But yeah. that's 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 more specific to like whether you're a pistol exec or whether you're the maintenance guy or not, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, let's see here, Josh. What do you have any other expectations of you? Um. Well, no. What about whatever you? I volunteer to do? Yeah, I guess I, guess, I suppose yeah. in that in that. We've but, been well, we've been so we've been so up in the air lately because of COVID. I, I know well, we keep going back to that. It's not normal, but. Well, I, I would say you have more financial responsibility in your well, I have GP. Sign, signing authority. You have signing authority. Yeah. And you also have um, being in the VP <laughs> and president role. Like you said, you have to deal with um, issues that come across, right? Uh, so whether it's uh, safety issues, then you got to deal with the safety director. If you're dealing with a uh, member conflict, then you got to deal with the social aspect of it and the conflicts and how to resolve that in a, a proper way. Also having to oversee any, any, um, changes that the chief firearms officer would be looking for. And, you know, I'm assuming between it have to be the safety officers and yourself to yeah. be able to make sure that the range is up to snuff. Yeah, like we have a range yeah. manager as well, right? So yeah, that's well, another, so that's, that's another rule. It's not something yeah, I have exactly. To do, so it's not. It's making sure that your your club is kept clean and safe, and it's up to date and all everything that it needs to be done, right? Yeah. So, um, and a lot of that takes time. I think we all agree. So, how many hours would you say you volunteer, or the average person volunteers? Like I, based from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing at least a hundred hundred hours a year. At minimum. Yeah. For an right. If, if you think about it, like the, those meetings can yeah. take two to four hours in itself. Right. You go and you do a spring cleanup. That's eight hours. I know I've been there at a cross country shoot and that's eight to ten hours. We did the fish fry where you drove. <laughs> to go get fish and back. That, that was four hours driving. I had to drive three hours each way to go get well, the sorry, fish. Well, sorry, six hours just to get fish, right? So I'm going to say about 100 hours at, at yeah. a very bare minimum. And if you want more done, then you better be expected to do more than that. 
Now, 100 hours a year, is that really a lot to ask for, do you think? Sounds like uh, a lot. It depends on the person and their availability, right? Like well, 100 hours for me, like two, three years ago, like pre-COVID, nothing to do with COVID, just timeline for me and my kids and how old they are. You know, two years ago, 100 hours a year, I won't want to say no problem, but I could I could do it, right? I could yeah. give the club 100 hours. But like now with my kids at the age they are and what I'm doing, like I, I, I can't give them 100 hours. No, so, I agree with you. And I mean, yeah. that was, I think that was the thing. When Josh first got into those executive positions, his children were younger and uh, his situation was different. So to be able to volunteer his time to do more than the meetings was quite difficult. Now, the um, meetings being at home, like online, I think had actually saved us um, when it comes to taking time away. Um, but when it comes to planning a, a true event, it, it takes more than just slapping a few things together a couple hours beforehand, right? It, it, you either have a system that comes together and, you know, depending on how organized your club is, um, that'll be the make or break. So, you know, for our club in particular, they're great overall at coming together on the day of and getting what needs to be done done. Now, for me, I've noticed a couple areas that could be of improvement. So I said, hey, how about for volunteer? Since we're doing volunteer mandatory volunteer, here's a volunteer chart. You should be asking for three people to come and do setup and you should be doing, um, you know, three to five people to do helping with cooking or, you know, uh, three people for cleanup, uh, two people to at least do cash and in this and that and the other thing. I said, just because it's just not shoved with one person sitting there for five hours taking cash for the whole day or whatever it is that we're doing. I find right? that I find that to be a thing. It's like. As much as the executive or the board complains about lack of volunteers, they also have a problem asking for volunteers. Well, that, but that's why we implemented this whole volunteer mm-hmm. program. And so and, so it hasn't changed anything. Uh, well, that's going to change. If hell or high it water, time. it's going to change. I'm going to make we, it yeah. change. They yeah. had to implement <laughs> that when rule people, at North Harbor because we could not get people to. So yeah. much, a lot of people would rather pay the extra money than not come out and help. So. Yeah, well, well, my well, main that's... thing was our, our our volunteer hours. Typically, we were always fighting for spring and fall cleanup. Well, you know what? There's a lot of members who aren't able to physically go and cut wood or carry wood or they hurt their backs or, you know, it's really muddy back there. Like, I get it. We got some really strong, rugged fellows that I'm sure I would love to watch, you know, cutting wood and all that. But really and truly, (laughs) there are other jobs like you can let go of that cash box for an hour and let someone take the cash for the day and they just have to, you know, be held accountable for what's in there or, you know, whether it's flipping pancakes for the breakfast shoot or something like that. Like somebody can do that and it doesn't have to be the same person every time. At least give the option. And because we've implemented this mandatory volunteer, I think it'll be great. Um, do you guys have that? At, well, yeah, Thomas you, wouldn't. But Thomas Mike. doesn't. But do you have mandatory volunteer hours? Yeah, we do. Now, ours are really the ours is like four hours or the penalty is seventy five dollars. And you can get out of it if you have a disability. And I don't know what the what the cutoff point for a disability is. Um, 
but also once you turn 60 or 65, then you don't need to volunteer anymore. It's like right in a rule book that it's like you can if you want to. But okay. like it's one of those things where it's like if you say like, oh, I have a bad back. I can't like you said, lift wood or something like that. OK, yeah. that's fine. We have lots of other volunteer jobs that don't involve lifting wood. Right. Like someone needs to take care of our books. Yeah. Right. Someone need to clean the clean the clubhouse every once in a while. You know, stuff like that. They're always go clean bathrooms. Go go yep. do something. Right. Yep. Um, well, and that, I, that, we hire somebody for that. Well, that's the thing. We maybe don't have to do it as often if we start implementing. So I'm very excited to see how it goes. But I mean, of course, I'm probably the the young buck sitting there going, hey, let's do a bunch of changes. So it sounds like I need to get the hell off the board and Amanda in there is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So the, the main advantage of having that type of club is your cost of being a member. Mm-hmm. So when I joined at Northumberland, my membership cost was $100 a year. Port Perry, my Port Perry fees never went up in 10 years. And my fees were $205 and that included my CCSA. Wonderful. Yeah, and but our, our, had our in, rates are great. I have you had to put to in the work to keep, to keep the club running and to keep yeah. keep it active. But, you know, if not, you're going to be joining one of the private clubs and their fees start like 700 up to two grand, depending on what the club is. So Astronomical. So those are things that, you know what, a little bit of your time isn't going to hurt. So I highly encourage people to do that. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the role. So I know we've talked about um these roles a little bit so you know the president and the vp which is um decision decision making ability for smaller items dealing with disputes or complaints signing off on new members and financial overseer alongside the treasurer i know we have a treasurer who's up to date financial statements for spending assets access to funds for purchasing and being authorized by the club so that that's a key point there uh, secretary, general contact with members for notices, agenda for meetings, and meeting notes. So head of safety, um, or he's our safety our range officer. Is that what, what we call Bill? Okay, yeah. So Bill's in charge our of... Yeah, our neighbor, Bill. So he's in charge of making sure that... Um, range every, officer Bill. Everybody is up to date on our safety codes on our ranges. So whether that has to do with the restricted um, safety course or it has to do with just our general range courses, whenever we make any uh, new changes range to inspections. range inspections and making sure that if we do make any changes to our ranges that our members are have signed off because that they've been aware of it. So um, pistol director, I don't know anything about this. Why don't you enlighten us there, Mike? I don't think we have a uh, pistol director. No, I don't say we do. I was. So on top, so on top of the ones that you mentioned already, we also have a pistol director, a rifle director, shotgun director, property maintenance, and we have so we have a head of safety guy who like deals with the CFO and like you said, like the actual range stuff, and then we have another. I can't remember what his title is, safety officer guy. And really what he is is anytime there's a complaint or an issue or anything like that, it goes to him and he is the, the sheriff of figuring out what happened. <laughs> and, and essentially, essentially we funnel everything to him. He figures out what the problem is, the solution, whatever. And then he comes back to us and say, okay, so from all the accounts, this is what happened. This is what I have 
figured out happened or determined happened. This is what I recommend as our course of, you know, whether a member needs to be expelled, whether something needs to be repaired or like, hey, we need to change the rules on this on this bay a little bit just to tweak it so it's good. Um, so then the rifle, pistol and shotgun director, they're all essentially the same just for their specific area of the range. And really, they're just in charge of knowing, you know, what what's the condition of their base? Like, do they need any repairs done? Um, specifically, like the shotgun and the pistol guy, they are usually, they have their hands in the competition in some way, whether it's making sure that we all have, have our range, like, reserved for us, or, you know, and they're usually the person. So when we did have a pistol director, as the match director, I would tell him, hey, match went good. This is how much money we brought in, and that could be it, right? That might all be he report. But or does, if does he help have, you like? Does he help help you like set up and and run oh, the event? God, or God, God just, no, God no. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Now here's the thing: traditionally in the past, whoever is the pistol director usually also coincidentally also happens to be either the guy who runs the IDPA club or the Ipsy club or you know what I mean? It usually tends to be one of those guys because they are very in tune with what's going on with those bays, with their, you know, what, with their target stand, you know, how much we have, what other props we need. They're very in tune with that stuff. So usually it is, but not always. And for a while we had a pistol director that, I mean, he shot competition, but like he was virtually never volunteering or anything, right? He would he was like a he would show up, shoot, and leave kind of guy, right? But whatever, I don't care. Um, anyways, they would also report. We always reported our disqualifications, right? Now, really, does the club care about the guy who got DQ'd because he had a an illegal drop offset holster? No. They don't care. They care about the DQs about, you know, a round goes over the berm or someone pointed a gun at someone else or something like that. Right. Now, those don't happen very often. But if something like that happened, they want to know because essentially they pass it on to the board. And then usually kind of the safety, once again, that safety guy might kind of chime in and say, oh, is this one of our members? Maybe we should, you know, either make him go through the new shooter orientation again or kick him out of the club, whatever they feel is necessary or there have been times when it's a member from a different club and the board just said, you know what, to fix this, we're just going to tell him he's not welcome here anymore. Right. They were unsafe one too many times. We're just going to tell him he's not welcome. Right. So that's kind of what they do. And they kind of do it in their own particular part of the range, because like I said, realistically, like I'm a pistol guy, I shoot at the rifle bay like once, maybe twice a year. So I really don't know what's going on over in the rifle bay. I don't know if they need new targets. So that's what that guy normally does. And then we have a property maintenance guy, and he just he's in charge of the overall general, you know, stuff. He's in charge of, you know, is the garbage getting taken away, or you know, are the ro- are the is the parking lot plowed? You know, who, do we need to cut the grass? Things like that. So yes, yeah, so that that those so are some are of the. Are they generally like the old retired guys? Um. Depend on the position. The pistol one <laughs> has traditionally been a younger person simply because usually it's someone in competition, right? Now, when I say younger, I don't mean young as in like 18-year-old. I just mean someone who isn't at retirement age, right. you know? Right. Um, yeah. Um, but then like other things, like the property maintenance used to be an older – he was a retired guy because he had the time to come and cut grass right. and stuff like that. Because yeah. like you said, right, if you see a problem and you want it fixed, what do you do? You end up doing it. So, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so, okay, so good to know that. Does anybody have a, like, I'm thinking because of social media right now, does, has there been any roles for, I see that, like, our, our secretary is in general well, conversation. Like, you, like you, you're not Public on the, relations. Like, you're not on the board, but you run the Facebook. I run the Facebook, and we have another mm-hmm. member who runs the, um, He's on the board, who runs yes. the website. Yeah, yeah. he runs yeah. the website. But I'm talking more about public relations, so dealing with the public. Um, and I'm thinking because of Instagram, because of Facebook, because of this open access, it's not just a direct email to, like, does anybody have a public relations officer? Or has that been before? Or do you think that'll be an upcoming thing? Not, not a specific one person. We have like three people on our board that have access as uh, what do you call it on Facebook, uh, an administrator, administrator or whatever of the yes. page. So we yes. have like those three people who can obviously monitor the like monitor the comments and stuff like that. We don't have that much action on our Facebook page. Like we have a decent amount from time to time. Usually in shooting season, it picks up. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of just like a general like because we have a rule about taking pictures at our club. So it's more of a general like everyone just kind of keeps their eye open. You know, if you notice something, say something kind of thing. But we don't yeah. have one specific person. And then as like a public relations from like a non-internet standpoint, like if, you know, someone contacts us, then it it always goes to our president. And that's just because he's he's the guy who does it all. Okay, fair enough. Um, Well, I feel like that's something that is needed at our club. Uh, Just currently everything filters through our secretary. Yeah, everything does get filtered through the secretary. The problem is they they don't run the the face. Yeah. So typically, you know, I again, this is why I call myself an executive ally. So I I I run the Facebook page and quite often I'm dealing with a lot of the questions that members would have for the executive team. For example, what do your facilities have? Um, What are the prices and what are your rules about this? I get questions about, oh, is your range open? What are your COVID protocols? And I'm constantly having to go to different departments of um, all the executive members. And it's more of, okay, so a lot of these people are not members. They're people who are curious about our club. And with social media, I'm finding that people need a little bit more navigation, right, to understand what it is our club offers, what is it that we do. Uh, Quite often they seem to think we're a staff facility. So it's, you know, it was great to understand the difference between the two, Thomas. Thank you for sharing that because we are not. I've had to make it very clear. Um, My time on Facebook is volunteer time. So, you know, when I answer those questions, it's when I'm able to, at a time when it's not outside of, you know, my work hours or whatever it is that I can do. Um, and it's it's very surprising to think how many because there's like, is there a staff member there to do a tour today at three o'clock? And it's no, we do not staff there. So it's volunteer. So um, I feel like that is going to be a prominent role that most clubs, whether it's private own or membership run, is going to start seeing on a more regular basis, right? Like uh, private clubs are going to get more PR opportunity because they're already promoting their businesses as is. And usually with the storefront as well, 
so they already grasped that concept. But I feel like it's going to be really important to understand and have really great communication between the two. And I think it's a role that needs to happen. So I'm excited to see it. But that's why I was asking if you guys had it, because I feel like we need it. But we'll we'll it's it's hard being in your in, in your position because then you have to speak to the other executive members to see what the actual policy is and stuff, or well, refer yeah. somebody to, to the website where uh, where I work. Um, the owner runs the Facebook page. You answer something that on Facebook, it goes directly to him, and he'll respond to you. Absolutely, which is great. Absolutely. Which is great. Oh. Of course, of course. But that, you know, in a sense, I really love being able to help and being a part of it because it kind of gets me involved with what's going on with the groups and the events that are going on. Like, let me know. Give me details. Right. Like, I would love to promote this. So because it, it's a way of advocating for our group. So uh, just kind of curious how that all landed for you guys. So. Uh, so let's, let's get into some of the nitty gritty here. I know we've covered a lot, but what are some of the common issues that you would find, um, when on an executive team? So I'm talking like when you're sitting there in a meeting and these are the things that come up, right? So, um, I wrote down a few, a few things here, but, um, so I wrote ambitious new ideas, volunteering, spending, privacy rules, uh, keeping up to the bylaws, range damage, I see someone added FUDs, and control issues with various disciplines. So um, anything to add or elaborate with that, gentlemen? Well, I would add on, I would give a piece of advice when I did get onto the board, and, well, I don't know if it's advice, it's more of something that you should follow, and it's that you have to be open or an ambassador for all the shooting sports um, because they knew that I was coming in as like the pistol guy, right? Like realistically, if I want to keep going in this direction, I'm sure I could become pistol director if I wanted to. Um, I'm the pistol guy. And they, the guy kind of said to me like, Hey, like, I know you're the pistol guy. I know you're, you know, you're really in tune with what's going on in the pistol group and what's on going on on those ranges and everything. But you have to remember that you're an ambassador for all the shooting sports. You can't when you know when the spending kind comes up, you can't just shoot down every time that the rifle guys are like, hey, you know, our benches are all broken. We need new benches. And you're like, ah, screw you. You don't need them. The pistol guy, <laughs> we need another five thousand dollars in steel. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you can't do that, right? You gotta, you know, separate yourself and say, okay, what's best for the club, not just best for the club member I want to shoot with, right? So, yeah, there's that. You have to make sure that you're open-minded enough for that. Otherwise, you're going to – it's well, A, you're going to cause problems for other people, and you're just going to be bashing your head against the wall. You're not the right person for the job, essentially. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Anything to add to that, Thomas? No, that's a good point because uh, I was at one club, and there was a definite animosity between the shotgun shooters and the pistol shooters. So yeah. being aware of what both people's, what both groups' needs are, is a good idea. Yeah, I, because I, people I know, just get mad when there's favoritism. Yeah, and yeah. like I, when we got a group of shotgunners that came from another club that got shot down, I, I don't know the details of it, whatever. Um, but when they came to our club, they were very motivated and they wanted to upgrade a bunch of our stuff to make it like 
I don't know, Olympic level trap. I don't really know what they wanted to do. They wanted to upgrade all this stuff with the trap stuff. And the board kind of had a meeting about like, oh, do we want to spend all this money on it or not? And we kind of said, you know what? We really did let the shotgun stuff just kind of slide to the side because nobody on the board was a shotgunner. So nobody really cared about, I won't say no one cared about the 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 quality of the equipment, mm-hmm. but Never we were kind of very much like, we we're yeah. very much like it worked. All right, we're not going to touch it. Where these guys yeah. were like, we can make it better right so we kind of like had to take a step back and say like okay and we kind of said like (laughs) we will let you start making upgrades but like don't expect that you're going to get them all done because we're not building you an olympic level trap trap range we are just building you a trap range that's good enough kind of thing right so the the members have to stay realistic as well right and were they good with that yeah exactly uh, yeah, for the most part, they were good. Um, I think we kind of hit a bit of a roadblock when we got to the point where we said, okay, we've done the upgrades we're comfortable with. The upgrades you're suggesting now are like next level trap shooting. We're not cool with that. We had like a bit of pushback and a little bit of like, oh, I didn't understand and I went ahead anyways. And it's like, no, <laughs> we're just not going to pay for that. Like, that's nice. No, that's nice. That more a, you, yeah, like that's nice <laughs> that you bought a $2,000 machine. We're not reimbursing you for it because we said no. Like, you know what I mean? You can't just yeah. do an end run around us. But outside of that, yeah, outside of that, no, most people were cool with it. Okay. Um, so. Well, I feel like your list is like a reoccurring broken record at our meetings. <laughs> Basically. What, everything? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. like, I mean, we you get the new guys who come in and who have these awesome ideas. And, I mean, we've had several members who have come in and. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like a year ago, I got this email from this guy. He was like, oh, yeah, I just joined. I want to do this, this and this. Like, can we get together? Can we meet? He never got together with me. We never met. But I got like five emails about it and he never actually yeah. did anything. And it's like, I don't have time to do all this. I'm happy to help you. and I want to yeah. facilitate what you want to you do. You need to advocate. Yeah. Right. Which kind of goes into the next part, which is volunteering. Yeah. You know, it's really the thing is uh, we've I feel really bad for the girl who ended up running our fish fry, because really, in the end, we were going to forego the fish fry. And finally, our one of our guys, Bill, he's like, if no one takes head on this because the executive membership is not doing it this year unless someone else steps up because we're done. And then finally, we got to I'll do it. And it was a new member, and she's she was yeah. wonderful. She did a fantastic job. But Excellent. I mean, she worked, at the same, her, she worked her <laughs> her little butt off. Yes, she did. Watch your language, boy. Well, Mike, so, Mike asleep, but it's fine. <laughs> okay, but my point is, she worked so hard, and she did a really great job. And of course, um, and she was the. But it, I feel like it, she it, might. She was a nice I feel like she touch. might. I feel like she might never do anything again, though. Well, because that was, well, you never know, right? But the thing is, this is where I feel like organization is a huge key factor. So be prepared to do some research and and be prepared to present how you need it done and be very specific about how you want it done. I feel like everything I say is trying to, like, scare people off from volunteering, but it shouldn't. I don't mean to sound that way. (laughs) No, no, absolutely. If you're going to come into it, you got to be gung-ho ready to go. And I think that's a very – if you're going to be ambitious, you have to be able to back that up. That's been a thing on our board, too. It's like, okay, yeah, you're on our board, but what are you going to do? What are you right. going to do, right? You, you can't just well, sit on the board and get your you, volunteer hours. Even and... you, even you, like who's like there have been time periods where it's like, oh crud, like 
I don't have time for this right now. And you've missed a couple meetings. Like, you know, and it's okay. We all get it. And that was part of the whole, I think, would go down to the FUD situation. Right? Because you get these guys who are constantly there and putting in the work and doing it is what is what they need to do to get the job done. We've been through the scenario where we burned out really good volunteers really good volunteers yeah. and, and board yeah. members yes. and they just and they just quit it's like okay we're done yeah we're not exactly doing anything. Yeah. And then we're like okay what do we do now so <laughs> so you end up getting caught with these people who have the time being retired uh volunteers and i mean they're doing amazing work but they're so used to seeing all these people cycling through that they're stuck in their own rut doing things their way And that is something to be mindful of. And I think what you need to do is be able to talk to them and say, hey, I respect what you have done. I want to learn what you have done, but I also want to do a little spin a little bit different if you prove to them that you are worthwhile. Because I can name about five members who are constantly doing work there. And, like, I mean, once in a while I get a little annoyed because – they, they do things their way. Sometimes there's overstepping. There's but overstepping. Then it's like, well, but you were there and you're willing to do it, so okay. So at the same, <laughs> you know what I mean. So if if you know, but I, 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 I want to give those. You also have to res- respect the position of the person that just wants to pay the money and shoot, because that's that's all the time they have. They want to spend their leisure time shooting, and if they're going to pay the volunteer penalty, then okay. Yeah, I agree. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And then we can afford to hire people to do things, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the fine line. It's like, what do you hire out? What do you what do you utilize volunteers for? Mm-hmm. That's like a constant, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of yeah. kind of struggle on what we do, right? Yeah. 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 Now, I find some. I find the weird one has been privacy rules and regulations. That has been a funny um, topic because we have some some members who are very specific about their rights and freedoms and what is to be kept confidential and what's not. I found that that was maybe that's more on our side of things, but it was like dealing with the COVID screening. Well, we just recently right? put in cameras. And that well, we put thing. in, yeah, cameras was a big thing. Uh, the COVID screening, how we were going to handle that <laughs> was a big thing. And we have a lot of Amish members and we have cameras. So how does that work? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. we, we had to consider all those factors. So I thought that was a funny one because to me, as much as I think that once you get your, your pal, it is your right. At the same time, it is a, a responsibility and you need to, there's ex, you have to go the extra mile for your freedoms in those situations for the safety of others. Right. Yeah. But that's my own personal opinion where some yeah. people say this is my right. You know, if I have this, I've earned this. You don't have the entitlement to know that information. So take a hike. Right. Yeah. And and you have to stay strong as a group with whatever rules you're going to put through. And I'm not saying that one is more right than the other. But I found like yeah. that was a very typical um very odd topic, but a very typical topic between uh, confidentiality and privacy rights. It's a gun owner thing. Uh, it's, it is a gun owner yeah. thing. So, yeah. I mean, you have to respect those who are m- maybe a little bit more fearful of not sharing their their information. And there's going to be advocates about that. And you might roll their eyes at them or they may roll your eyes at you. But you have to yeah. respect that. 
Um, I know, I know that's, people that's interesting. who none of their friends know that they shoot. Mm-hmm. They keep it very yeah. quiet. No, they, they want anybody. They live in Scarborough. They don't want their neighbors knowing. They want anybody to know they have firearms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand from that that perspective. I'm just I'm. I don't want to get into the details of it. Yeah, but of course. Like, I'm, I'm kind of curious about what some of these privacy things is. We'll talk later about that. Yeah, but of course, like, of course. I'm but you get the point. I've, so, never had, I've never had that come up with our members. I've never had someone bring up the privacy being an issue. So oh, I don't know. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. Yeah, maybe People we don't. funny about their phone the numbers. Same. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't, oh, even, and I don't think our club keeps phone numbers. Well, it, it's even, well, that's even like signing in for guests and things signing and signing in, in as a member, right? Yes. Like now we have FOBs, but before we had to sign the book. Yes, before we had to yeah. sign the book where everyone had access to that information, right? Like you could, because uh, your name, yeah. my name and phone number, when Josh used to take me as a guest, my name and my phone number was on there every time. And you'd see exactly when I came in and when I came out. And um, yeah. other than the executive member who has a right to that. Um, yeah. my name, my numbers are fully on display. So, yeah. but it, it was kind of a fine line to kind of play around with. So just be prepared for funny conversations like that, because you're going to get someone who is a little more sensitive to that. Uh, yeah. so range damage. That's, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. I, I'm not sure if that's you guys. <laughs> frustrating. Oh my gosh. How that's many times we... do we have to tell you don't shoot the pistol, Steel? That's ten yards away with a freaking rifle <laughs> with like steel core ammo. How many times do we have to tell you that? <laughs> we had to put like cameras in because people now. kept doing so much damage. I can't recall how many emails I've gotten of damage. Someone's like flyaway shots that are. It's just insane how many have hit. Like there's this uh, co- light cover. So here's the light here, and there's a cov- like a piece of steel that's heading over top, and it's to, to cover up our tunnel. And how many times that that shield has been hit, and we paint oh. it so we can yeah. keep an eye on it, and we have cameras, but yet we still have to tell people over and over again, like if you're doing this, like yeah. what the heck are you doing? <laughs> So, yeah. so here's a very realistic question that I have. Like I, I did a PPC shoot at a at another club, and everything was shot to crap. <laughs> and it's like, how like when a range op, like when uh when the CFO comes in to do their inspection, how much does that stuff really matter? Like if they see a skid mark on the side wall of a range, or they see like a deflector on a light hit, is that really that big a deal? Oh yeah, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I'm like, not will the they shut guy. you down for something like that? It, it used to be um, maybe 10 years ago, say when Howard was uh, the main uh, range inspector. Uh, if he did an inspection, he would say, okay, this is what I want done. Um, you've got two months. Send me pictures within 30 days. And he would give you time frames. Not nowadays. He walks in and he sees something he doesn't like. You're shut down immediately till it's done. They used to give you time to do it. Now they shut you down immediately. So that's why it's important. If you, if you do do any damage, if you hit like we, you know, we were talking about above the tag, the target stands, there the deflector plates that you're not supposed to mm-hmm. be hitting. Exactly. We know when people hit it because we paint those gray constantly. And yep. if you hit it, yep. you're supposed to put a little circle around it and make a note of it to let they know that you hit it because nobody ever you does. Have a fire. 
<laughs> yeah, nobody ever does. So if we know if yeah. we know the CFO is coming, everything gets touched up, everything gets painted, everything gets perfect. And if they're coming the next day and people don't know and they do damage, like they made us, we we've got steel baffles in the ceiling and they've been we've been approved for those baffles since I can remember. And then one day they said, nope, we want double the baffles. Shut your and they shut us down completely till we put them in. Wow. We already had like five or six. No, they wanted another four baffles, and they shut us down to install them. Yeah. So you know that that's something that you know can it, that questions come up quite a bit. Is like what is what is so serious that it could be a shutdown situation when we haven't had any previous issues? And I mean, I think that's been a conversation. So it, it's being aware that. But then again, it's like, why are people? Why are people causing this damage? And then yes. it's like, you've already been through the club level safety and everything else. And it's like, now it's our responsibility. Like, well, like who, who approved like if you? If the CFO <laughs> came you? in and they saw all those craters and those plates from people shooting with a rifle, they would order you to take the steel down. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's just it, right? We Every time that we see that, we immediately take it down. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we take it down and we put it in like a loxy can. So like you can't get at it <laughs> anymore. Right. But yeah, it's like, got, how many yeah. times are we going to have to do that before people stop shooting it? Right. Yeah. Oh, it's I, stupid. We put we put PPC pillars in and all they have is just little letters, numbers at the top. One, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Well, guys over at the pistol area were using the numbers as targets. So they're shooting cross. <laughs> We just put him in. I came in one day. Somebody has shot all the numbers as targets. <laughs> like, why? You know I, I, I'm going to take this point right it just makes now. My brain hurt. Any, any CFOs listening or any, <laughs> any, anything like that, it's always the few. It is never the majority. It's this one person who is always, or maybe like a handful of people yeah. who are but doing then I, that. But then I get my back up when you say stuff like that because it's like, we were doing our PPC shoots and our, you know, we try to do like more dynamic pistol kind of shooting. And they're like, oh, well, it's those guys on Thursday nights. They're doing it. No, no, or, we're or not. It's like, we're it's like Josh, or it's like Josh who took his nephew out at the breakfast shoot because it was a kid. Well, it was at a higher angle. And, of course, and, of course. Yeah. Well, there's opportunities where that happens, but it's it's funny when it does happen because you know what? If you got the cameras, you would be able to tell. Yeah. And well, that's it, why we that's why we I, had to install I, cameras. Yes, exactly. And my point is, we're making changes to be safer, to be more aware, and to and in the end, it's not to get your back up because we're trying to tell you what you're doing wrong, but it's to help you so that you can be a better shooter. We can enjoy our club, and it's overall a happy environment. But yeah, and you're um, destroying you know, the club, and you're getting a sh- you get a shut down. So don't do it again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but my point is, this can be a very the the whole point of bringing this up is that this can be a very stressful um, topic. And <laughs> no one's going to want to be a, a board member now. <laughs> situation, and I, you know what? Just the same as everyone's like, I've heard Thomas say time and time and again, like I prefer to teach a woman over a man because women listen, and whether that's, that's true. A, and you know what? And that's based on your own experience. And it's because people listen. Like if if you are a excitable learn learning person, you're going to listen to what it is that you need to do and make changes. But when you get caught in your 
your own routines, you're a little bit more of a stickler uh, and have a hard time breaking those habits. So be prepared to dealing with people like that. And you kind of have to have a personality to deal with that. So if you are not, if you're the introverted person who just, just doesn't deal with people very well, that's probably not the role for you. Uh, you know what I mean? Just and say I laugh at that because that's me and I did it. Yeah, but I'm just saying you, you're going to deal with people. And I mean, if you can put on the face and you can deal with stuff, and it's not even about being introverted. It's just about if you can't handle people in a sense that you can't put on that smiling face and realize that it's beyond you then this isn't the role for you. That, that's, that's the wrong job. And that, but you that should still of, volunteer. You should still volunteer. <laughs> there are different ways to do it. But I And I really want people to come out and be a part of the, the membership. I want people to come out and be a part of the board. I want people to be a part of the, mem- of the executive team. So my point is, though, be very aware of what it is that you're willing to contribute into. So this is kind of going into my final thoughts of any words of advice. So I'm going to lead off with you need to really be aware that do not jump into this with, you know, both feet in cold water um, at the polar, the polar dip. It's just not going to work for you. The you have dip. to be aware. Oh, oh the pair of polar bear. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just it's not going to work for you. You have to be social. You have to be open minded. You have to understand that things take time. Um, but I do highly encourage to find a role that works for you. It may not be the executive membership, but I think it it also um, goes as far to say is that the more help, the better. Yeah. I think that's a huge factor. So, yeah. But that's just me. What about you, Mike? What do you think? Uh, well, I'm not going to say that everybody should get be on the board of directors at some point, but I think most people should. I think most people should volunteer at least one, uh, what do you call it? One cycle, one round, one term, you know, two years. Thank you. Term. That's the right word. One term. I just like a plain old director where you have minimal responsibilities on the board of directors. And that's simply so that, especially with these volunteer clubs, you will see how much work has to be done to keep the club afloat. Right. And I'm not just talking financially like we were talking before about like range maintenance, about who's going to cut the grass and who's going to do this and who's going to do that. You know, you don't realize how much work actually goes into keeping the club flow. It really opens your eyes. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Right. Like and even if you say, hey, look, being on the board director is not for me. That's fine. But at least your eyes have been open to what it takes to run the club. And at least then you might be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to volunteer a little bit more of my time. I don't want to have to make the decisions, but I'll volunteer more of my time, you know, in exchange for not having to make those decisions to help the club run, right? You yeah. start seeing all the nitty gritty, all the stupid little infighting and stuff like that that goes on that has to be dealt by the directors. So, like, I think it's a great thing that people people should try at some point, and yeah. you'll realize just how, like, as Simple as it is to run a club, it is also very complicated to run a club. There are a lot of complicated issues when you talk about firearms because there are so many laws and like the punishment for any firearm infraction isn't just there's no slap on the wrist infraction. Everything starts at three years, I think. So, like, you know, you got to make sure you get it right the first time. So, gotcha. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Thomas? Um, if you do get involved and become an executive, I think it, it's very important that you acknowledge and appreciate the people that do volunteer. So if you've got somebody coming that does the yard work, it's important every once in a while, give them a pat on the back, say, hey, that looks great. Thanks for coming out. Acknowledge the people that you are getting to work for you. Um, it just makes them a lot easier getting back a second time if you thank them and say, hey, you did a great job. Because a lot of times I find the volunteers don't get acknowledged. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I have volunteers out at my matches, I always try to make sure that each one, like I stay directly to each one, eyes locked on. You know, I'm not saying to the group, hey, thanks to everyone for coming out. I am saying, thank you, Thomas, for coming out. Thank you, Amanda, for coming out. Thank you, Josh, I appreciate for it. Thank because, you. Yeah, because absolutely. I appreciate I appreciate it so much when people come out and help me with the matches and like, you don't need to have fancy skills. I just need bodies there, but you know what? Sometimes it is hard to get bodies out. So I try to make sure that they know that I appreciate them. And you know what? If you're a return person, guess what? You start getting perks. There was one guy who was helping me out with every match and I knew that he took his coffee with two milks. So guess what? Every time I knew he was going to come volunteer, I went, I bought him a coffee with two milks. Because I want to show that I appreciate him being out there, right? I never got reimbursed yeah, for that. But and that little thing that probably meant a lot to him, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? Like, it would mean a lot to me if someone bought me a coffee when I came to help them out. It's like, and remembered, hey, and remembered it, how you liked it, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like, it, sh- it shows that you care, right? So, like, like to go on top of what Thomas said, yeah, just, just show that you care and try and prove that you care, too, a little bit, right? Uh, it makes a big difference. And like Thomas said, bit. usually... Like when we had a big like work day or a spring cleanup or a wood day where we go in the in the bush and cut ash trees and that kind of thing, we do like a barbecue lunch and and have drinks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's as simple as simple as that. Oh yeah, it, it you know you're gonna get rewarded for the work that you do and it makes it enticing and it it's it's great thing because we use the wood for burning for wood stove. We get more of an area where we've been creating it. There's been a, a wonderful result for our archery circuit. So um, that example in itself is just a wonderful yeah. thing to see it all. I don't want to talk about the wood days. Those are awful. We've they, got a whole bush full of like oh, it's 60% awful. of our bush is like ash trees that are dying from the emerald ash borer. And we have to go cut them out before it, because like, it's a safety concern, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's been a nightmare trying to get it all yeah. hauled out of there. Yeah. It, it's not been the best, yeah. but I mean, with yeah. that came the fruits of the labor. Look at how wonderful right. it's come across. It's getting better. And, yeah. and it's wonderful to see the enthusiastic members who do come out and do it. So, yeah. all right, yep. Josh, uh, what are your, your last words to someone who wants to be a part of a executive um, membership? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. yeah, I, feel like, I feel like I've been the most negative. If, if your best friend oh, said, hey, Will you be my VP? The answer is always no. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I feel like I've, yeah, I've definitely been the most negative about the whole thing. But I guess I guess the, the good thing is is that it helps you meet more people. It gets oh. more involved. Um, it helps you push your own agendas. I mean, whether whether that's good or bad. I mean, if you want something, you can you can help like push it through. Like if you want to see something happen, like that's your way to do it. Well, yeah, because bullseye wasn't a thing until you yeah, came like, in. Like holsters were the devil until like yes, absolutely. So, it's like, <laughs> well, and and now we know? have a really nice group that comes out yeah, on Thursdays. And, and there's more people that want to do more more dynamic shooting, and that's the way to get it to to make it happen is to get involved, right? 
So if there's something you want to do, like I think we said that a few times through this episode, it's like you, you have to get in charge and, and make it happen. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. So I know we covered a lot. I, is everyone okay now? Like we haven't angered anyone. We're good. We're good. <laughs> I, I am curious about We're not a live or... feed, so we're okay. I don't think we ticked off anybody. I do want to go buy that Frankie, though. So I don't know. Oh. <laughs> okay. Come well, on. Wait till you look at the she gave you the permission to buy the better one, so buy the better one. Well, the the Winchester is even more money, so I'm gonna well, buy the that win- one. but the Winchester <laughs> doesn't have tags, so whatever. Okay, all right. So let's go move on to events real quick. So we just found out the dates of the um, Finnish Brazil March, which I was very surprised at. Uh, we were thinking it was going to be July again, but it turns out it's May 25th to May 29th, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to join us, you got to start prepping now. So, um, again, again, so, um, so there's, I just, I just did a two hour rock before this, before this episode. Yes, you did. So, I mean, I'm still going to push for it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get my back right, get my shoulder right. It's going to be fine. We're going to do this. And uh, I saw I really George. See, George commented. George wants yeah. to participate again, and yeah. I hope yeah. that everyone will. Um, it is not the May 2-4 weekend. I made sure to double-check that. It's actually the weekend after. So oh. the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's the weekend after the May 2-4 weekend. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping it was May 2-4 because then we could rest on the Monday. But yeah. no, 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 no love for us. No, no love for us. Yeah, but yeah. I am excited. I am a little nervous, but I was thinking the scorching heat was very. I don't know. Ridiculous. Like my my beard was extremely frozen this evening, so <laughs> I, I welcome the warmth. <laughs> so yeah, but this is May, so it's not going to be warm, but it's not going to be cold either. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I've done some camping at May too for a weekend, so I mean. Yeah, I've had sleet camping on May too. Well, yeah, I've done that too. But you can you can make it. It's freezing in the night though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a free event to join. The only time that you pay for anything is if uh, you join Team NSC. Yes, please join a new team, New Shooter Canada. We'll make sure to set that up. Team team Ragnarok is kicking our butts majorly. Oh, horribly. But uh, anyways, it is free to join. Um, You can register online. Uh, The only thing you have to pay for is if you um, achieve certain levels. You want to buy your own team. You want to buy your (laughs) your own medals, then yes, that that's the thing. But it's fun. I've actually even had our very... Um, liberal neighbors across the way there, they've been very excited about what we've been doing in the Brazil March. And she's like, what is that? What are you doing? How do I participate? So <laughs> just, just tell them that their weight is an SKS. And there you go. Turn them off. <laughs> Don't be that thing. Anyways. Okay. So, um, again, we'll, uh, bring a, a light for event number two, National Range Day. So it's a day created to recognize and celebrate the 2.3 million licensed gun owners who responsibly, legally, and safely own and use firearms in Canada. The first Saturday in June annually will now be the National Range Day going forward. In 2022, this will be Saturday, June the 4th. So I'm super excited. Uh, so get in touch with your local range. See if they're planning anything. If they're not, great opportunity. Talk to your, talk to your board. Become a, talk to become your board, a volunteer. Become a volunteer. 
um, and, and take a head on that. So wouldn't it be wonderful to share with your friends and family? And I mean, um, not to bring up your birthday again, but the point of it was amazing to see how many people who were non-shooters who wanted to try. So if you talk about it, people are interested. You know, there's going to be a couple that say, uh-uh, no way, no thanks. But how are you going to know unless you talk about it? So yeah. get out there. Do it. Yeah. So uh, lastly, we're still working on our NSC um, Some of us are. Challenge. I feel like we is not really the right word. <laughs> Josh, I, you know what? I, 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 I'm sorry, but the last last little while, it's just me has been actually. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Oh. Amanda, okay. well, you she did. She did her heard her back last week, did she not? No. Okay, whatever. I got it. I got a lot of catching up. But even if you're not catching so up, week just eight, start week with eight today's. starts tomorrow. Is it week eight? Yeah. Okay, week eight so starts tomorrow. Week eight is 60 minutes. Yes. Aren't you excited? It's not a two-hour wrap yeah. this time. There you go. Uh, so, again, 25 to 30 pounds. Um, get as far as you can in that moment. So, week eight, give it a try. Send us some pictures. Let us know how you're doing. Are you struggling? Do you have any ruck buddies? L- let us know. Um, so, keep an eye out on the stats. Josh popped in the, the uh, docs. Uh, yeah, so you can there, so, so you can see how badly we're getting crushed. How badly we're <laughs> yeah, NSC is doing amazing. Gavin's Thank crushing you it. And or sorry, uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok is doing amazing. So thanks for keeping it up and keeping posting. That's wonderful. So Mike should read the listener email. Oh my gosh, I I I just clicked on the link and yeah, we are. Oh, how do they have such a big team? They're destroying us. <laughs> I'm God. glad I have a medical exemption. We need this team is no members. longer a call out. That's a why plea for, for mercy. Yeah, well, that's why for Rosal, I'm really excited to get a team going because we only just had our little team, whereas they have like this massive team, and they ended up being like the number one team in Canada. Yeah, well, they have a Discord server, and they have lots of yeah. Oh, whatever. stop! You, making you guys should know better than to challenge Ragnarok Tactical to anything because they will take up any challenge and then kick your butt. Out. <laughs> I don't. I don't even but think we, we challenge them. We just put a general like, "Hey, who else wants to do this?" And they're just like, "Yeah, we're going to destroy you." It's like, well, we didn't say it was a competition. They're like, "Yeah, we're going to destroy you." It's okay. It's alright. Right. I, I love the way Andrew presents it though, because he's like, they gingerly, gently, gingerly, gingerly, and gently put the gauntlet down in front of us, and it's like, "Oh, it's go time." Let's Might as well put my put my name on the trophy now. <laughs> They're wonderful, and I really I love their energy, and I would love to keep that it's up. Okay. And it's, it's even funny because Slamfire actually mentioned the challenge that we had put them. Yeah, Kelly was. Oh, yeah, she put it down, but uh, Kelly, I want to see it happen. Come on, Kelly. Kelly Kelly's a big runner. She does a lot of running. I know, but she needs to do it. So Kelly, come on, join her team. It's do fine. It. I do did. It. I I I placed the gauntlet down for myself, and I'm doing it. You're and doing wonderful. It inspired others to do it. Nobody in our in our group, but okay. that's fine. <laughs> but uh, you don't know who you have reached, right? You may have reached people that you don't realize, and you may have changed their lives. I'm just saying that. That's great. All right. So apparently, this is an old email, but I guess you it. So Mike, well, do you want to read that? This one's to Mike, anyways. So it is. To yeah. Mike. So. So we, I did answer this question. I just, 
I we just never put the email in. Yeah. yeah. I, I seem to recall – yeah, whatever. I answered it a while ago, but I'll answer it again because who cares? I love talking about this stuff. Um, so it says, hey, all, started listening to the show recently and glad to hear that some of you are members of CKG as well. Two great communities coming together. I wonder if I could get in contact with Mike as I have been getting into 3D printing and I'm looking at my feeders for my press as well. I would like to find out more about the motors that or other items that he had to order to get it up and running. I know he mentioned that he bought a motor that he initially thought wouldn't work well due to reversing, but turned out, out to work quite well in the end. Hope to hear from you guys and love listening to the show. Keep up the great work. All right. So, what, thanks, Chris. Uh, hey, yeah. Thanks for the email. Sorry we didn't say it and be- say it before. I'm 99 percent sure I answered this already. Um, I think you did. So yeah. the part that I had to purchase, I'm just trying to think. Outside of 3D printing, um, I had to purchase. We'll call it various nuts and bolts, washers, things like that that you buy at your hardware store. Um, you'll figure it out as you go through it. The things that you need to get. Um, outside of that. Uh, uh, a spring from a pen, you know how you, you know the click click clicker pens. You just pull the spring out of that. I needed a spring that worked great. Um, and the only part that I think that I'm trying to remember, um, oh, there is like the down the the uh, what's the what's the phrase for it? Like the tube that goes from the actual bullet feeder to the actual die. Um, you can buy. The actual double alpha tube that's like a spring which is probably the best thing you could buy but i didn't want to pay for shipping to get it up to canada because the only way you can buy the spring is to buy it from an american site um i happen to just have a piece of P- like pvc tube that i was using for something else that happened to be just the right size so i use that um and then so the only thing i really bought was the motor now the motor i bought and if you if you got your plans off Thingiverse, the the guy who posted it gave you a list of about five different motors that you could buy, and he pre-did the hole so that the screws would or the, all the like the screws would line up properly for them. So I just you just pick one of those, and then you print off the appropriate bowl bowl. That's what it really is, because that's the one that has the hole in it. Um, you print off the appropriate bowl for it, and you're off to the races. Uh, the one that I bought so. My motor is actually for a uh, a fireplace. I guess I assume for a fake fireplace to make the flame the the quote unquote flames go up and down. I don't really know. I've never had like an electric fireplace like this before, or like that before. But uh, so you can get them either forward reversing or both. So I got a both one, and I was worried that it would be a problem because. If you know anything about motors, some motors, they will reverse every time you turn off the power and turn the power back on. So I was worried that every other time I turned on my my bullet feeder, it would accidentally go in the wrong direction. Luckily, this one happened to be set up with like a sensor. So essentially, if it's going forward and it jams, then it will start going in reverse. And then if it jams again, it will go back forward, which ended up working out perfectly because there is a... uh, 
I don't know how to call it. There is a piece that you will print, and it is its sole job is to make sure that your bullet is actually inside the uh, the di- the plate as it spins around, that it's not on an angle. And that piece also happens to sink into one of those bullet holes if there is no bullet. Now it's angled at a way that if there is no bullet and it's going the proper way, it'll just it'll pull itself back out. But if it goes the wrong way, it'll actually jam up your machine. So that reverse function actually worked perfectly because if I had a jam, it would actually reverse until that piece would jam it and then it would go back forward again. So it was almost like a way of like going back and then taking another run at it. So it actually ended up working out perfectly. Um, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I can tell you that I bought it off Amazon.ca. I took about the five motors that the options were, and I think the guy even had Amazon links for them all. But of course, Amazon.com because, you know, everyone's American. Um, and I just went on Amazon.ca, searched the five of them. I think about two of them actually came up on Amazon.ca. And me being the cheap person I am, I chose the cheaper one. Um, awesome. But yeah, yeah, but for actual things you have to buy, and I would say that the whole print took me less than one roll. So 30, bu- 30 40 bucks for your roll of filament, you'll have some left over. And probably 20 to 30 maybe maybe 40 bucks on the extreme end if you don't have a lot of stuff kicking around like random parts kicking around you know to do it so if for the most part you're talking like 70 80 bucks and you get a bullet feeder out of it um now i went the cheapest way possible which also meant printing everything i could including the bullet feeding die and i think that there are some hang-ups with the bullet feeding die but for the most part it does work um, it it is because it's 3D printed. It's just pickier about things. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, uh, Chris, for sending a message in. But if you have any feedback, questions, or comments, you may uh, send an email to host at newshootercanada.ca, our Facebook page, our comment section, our website, newshootercanada.ca, Facebook, Instagram. You know, hit us up. We're on all, almost all the platforms there. So yep. don't forget to yep. like us on Facebook and leave us a comment and rating on iTunes. So get uh, rocking. Yeah, I would like to say to Chris, if you're still listening to this, because I can't remember when you actually sent this email, but if you have any questions at all, feel free to message us again or message me directly, and I will gladly answer any questions you have about trying to 3D print pretty much anything, really. I'm not, I'm not a 3D printing expert by any means, but I mean, I've been doing it for a year and a half now, so I have some experience. I know enough that I should print, I should print support when I'm doing a print. Josh? I do now. Yeah, you do now. <laughs> He's doing a lot better with it. It's wonderful. Yeah. We printed so many knives, it's not even funny. When he said, like, oh, I've been printing it with, without support, I'm like, how? How do you print without support? And it's like he showed me the print, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what that's I expected. That, that's, that's why, why that tipped over. <laughs> yeah. All right. So any shout-outs this evening, gentlemen? I'm good. No, nothing tonight. I'm good. Uh, to Sarah rolling around on the floor behind Mike. Yes, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, she, she always deserves a shout out. Thank you. Thank I, I see a leg. For yep. to- tolerating a very um, intense topic. So yep. uh, until next time, uh, why don't you lead us out here, Mike? Uh, time spent at the range, time spent with family. Keep your barrels downrange and smoking. Choose your caliber wisely. And go ahead and shoot like a girl. Good night, everyone. Good night. Well, I really like the 22 now.
Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale till I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns.